Welcome back, everyone, to Blood on the Dice, the only actual play podcast where we all might die and disappear from your lives forever. In real life, in real life, he doesn't mean the game. Help me! My name is Brian. I am the creator and producer of this podcast, but more importantly, I play Basil Quark, the annoying know-it-all artificer that everyone might want dead already. With me again this week are... Actually, let's have them introduce themselves. Joe, get us started. I am Joe, and I play Borkoro Voldemata, the dragonborn who worships fire, goes on grand adventures, and uh, really wants to like burn everything. Yeah, that's... Accurate. Jake and Camille? Hi, my name's Jake, but for this campaign, you can call me Cork Grizzly. Grizzled half-orc who lives in the woods, living by his own rules, plus some of the rules of other people, but not many. (laughs) All right. Is is that it? (laughs) That's all you need to know. Okay. Uh, I'm Camille, uh, also known as Pebble Soot. I am a little cleric pirate who's finding her land legs again. Uh, And that's all for me. And of course, leading this charge into our nightmares is our DM, Alex. I'm Alex, yes, and I am your dungeon master and fearless guide through the mists of Barovia. So as we've seen in session one, you meet along the misty paths of the Svalage woods, which you are each traveling for reasons of your own. Soon the path takes you to a great iron gate flanked by enormous headless statues. Beyond the gates you find a derelict village in the shadow of a castle perched high above on a pillar-like cliff. In the near-empty Blood on the Vine Tavern you meet Ismark Kulyanovich, son of the late Burgomaster. He tells you that the village, Barovia, is ruled by the Count Strahd von Zarovich from the castle called Ravenloft high above. The people believe the devil Strahd is a wizard and a vampire and that the sun has not shone since he took control of the land over 400 years ago. Ismark now worries that his sister, Irina, has become Strahd's prey. He wants her to be removed to the town of Velaki, but cannot take her himself while he is busy with the duties of Burgomaster. Irina agrees to leave after you help the local priest, the Mad Father Donovich, perform funerary rites for her father. Donovich tells you that Irina was not the daughter of the late Burgomaster, but rather was found as a small child at the base of the Pillar Stone. He is convinced that Strahd's persecution of Irina is linked to her mysterious providence, and he would see her taken beyond Velaki to the Abbey at Kresk. Escorting Irina out of Barovia, you come to a gallows crossroad where a band of Vistani invite you back to their camp to meet their leader, the seer Madame Eva. Eva receives you as guests, using her deck of Taroka cards to perform an ancient Vistani ritual of divination, giving cryptic clues as to the people, places, and treasures you should seek in Strahd's realm. Acting on the Vistani's advice, you take the footpath to the base of an enormous waterfall, where you are greeted by a cloaked rider who reveals himself to be the vampire Strahd von Zarevich. Bang-up job we did guiding this woman away from Strahd. We brought her right to him. So, Have you heard of hiding in plain sight? (laughs) It's actually an advanced strategy. You're going to be too busy dealing with our annoying asses to even realize she's dead. Look, we're going to have to come up with something here, or this whole campaign is going to fall apart real quick. Okay, Basil, you confront Strahd. That'll give us time to run away, at least a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, definitely send the uh, 
the cowardly elf to uh to run interference for everyone. I I probably was like, wow, that's a beautiful waterfall. And then this vampire showed up. Uh, and I'm, I'm gonna be dead honest. Morcoro is shutting right up, staying as quiet as possible. If possible, Morcoro is gonna try to like pull a Homer Simpson slipping back into the hedges. <laughs> And we've so been, we really need like a wizard to conjure some hedges for us. For real. We've actually just been sued by the Simpsons. So <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> All right, Alex. Let's let's get this party wipe started. So yes, yeah, so just standing in Strahd's presence leaves you with a feeling of terrible unease, as if your whole anatomy is rebelling against so beautiful a being exuding so powerful an aura of death. Ooh. Uh, Mark me down as scared and horny. <laughs> and Cork is That's my horny. normal state of being. <laughs> <laughs> and now we just got sued by SNL. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, he says, without waiting for you to say anything at all, allow me to introduce myself. I am a spirit of no common rate. I am the ancient. I am the land. I am Count Strahd von Zarovich. This Irina immediately bolts directly into the murky water until she is submerged up to her knees. She turns rapier drawn, staring intently at the vampire with a look of intermingling rage. I'm gonna follow her. Yeah, follow her absolutely water. same. She's yeah. so yeah. smart. That seems like a good call. Work executes the most beautiful swan dive you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna drop on my bow. Oh my god! Thank God he's kind of taking a bath. <laughs> To see, to see you all do this, Strahd just sort of chuckles condescendingly. Oh, how quaint are the simple folk beliefs of these villagers. We shall see how Barovian wisdom serves you in my woods. Your woods, huh? I didn't know anyone owned the woods. Cork. Oh, don't now sorry. Is, now is really not the time. I'm saying this underwater, so it's fine. <laughs> just see bubbles coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that anybody would deny that I claim dominion over these mountains. I have led armies in the name of a just God, but with none of a God's grace or justice. Um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Mr. Strahd, sir? Shut up, shut up, shut up. What can we do you for? I always welcome travelers through my valley. See, there is no light in the eyes of the men that feed off this land anymore. You are, of course, traveling in possession of something dear to my heart. You'll never take my dirt. <laughs> Cork! I want to kind of shimmy myself to stand in front of her a little bit. Mm, yes, as I said, you are in possession of that thing. Just remember, her soul has always belonged to me. She is not a thing. She is a person. Yes, but her soul is a thing and it belongs to soul me. Soul does not exist. Everyone understands that the soul is a fire within you, and when you die, the fire finally goes out. Basil's just like, kind of like side-eyeing everyone in the background, like, is that a thing we all understood? I don't, I think I missed that meeting. I think, I think my soul is more of a wet puddle. <laughs> You're a wet puddle. I, I have a pan flute that I'd be willing to trade. Cork. No. You said so many wrong things. I feel like this is good. I'm offering no. something valuable. Strahd is very performatively pretending to think over that. <laughs> See, he's really, he's contemplating. You know, I think I'd rather have both. Oh, 
I don't actually have a pants. <laughs> you do have shall be mine soon enough. You understand, I rule this land by a conqueror's right. My throne is protected by loyalty fiercer than most can imagine. But you have no such loyalty to fall back on. You're alone, are you not? Surely not one of you is so foolish as to think that this merry band is, what, a fellowship, a brotherhood? Each of you who thinks so little of your companions and knowing as you must how little they trust you, you are in greater danger than if you dared to travel this wood alone. This is this in a little a little close to home for Basil. He's like kind of nodding a little bit. He's like, he's got he's got a point. He looks past you to Irina. He says, My dearest, enjoy your trip to Velaki. I expected as much changed since you last left. At that point, Strad remounts his steed, turning back towards you. I fear you will find only too late that your courage exceeds your wisdom. Perhaps we should make sure that you are fit to accompany my dearest one through these mountains. As Strahd disappears into the forest, you feel the muddy ground shift and quake beneath you. A skeletal hand then bursts from the earth, rotting green flesh hanging from it like ribbons. Soon, the figure of a rotting corpse is clawing itself out from below you. Vacant eyes look hungrily up as more corpses shamble up from the loose earth. Oh, oh my god! What do we call that initiative? No. If everyone listening at home could see the looks on everyone's faces here. We couldn't even like role play. We were all just mouths, jaws hit the floor. We were just like. Honestly, Basil is mostly just upset that he's pretty sure Strahd just called him stupid. Oh, that's what Pebble's mad about too, because if <laughs> she has anything, it's wisdom. Come on. My my confidence has really been dashed by his insults because I got a two for initiative. Oh, so I'm really I was caught off guard. Um, I got a nineteen. I uh, I got a thirteen. Cork, you are up first. You see these zombies sort of lunging towards you. Oh man, love that for me. Well, um, Cork is going to absolutely go into a rage. Everyone's favorite angriest boy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Am I able to cross this stream normally, or is there going to be like hindrance? It's it's not that deep, so yeah, okay, it doesn't perfect. constitute difficult terrain or anything. And in that case, I'm going to march up to to number one here. I'm going right. to go into a rage and try to attack with my claws at his rotted, corroded, corroded, corrosive. I'm going to attack. Are you talking about his art? Yeah. I'm going to attack specifically the carotid artery. Okay. And that is a 13 to hit. 13 hits? They're, they're zombies. They're not particularly <laughs> agile. Um, so that's going to be my first attack is a 7. With one of my claws, I'm going to swing my other claw. Okay, I'm sorry, can I have 7 um, kind of damage? It's a claw attack, so it's a it's just a melee attack. Slashing is what slashing, it's like asking. Slashing, slashing, slashing. Okay. Okay. Damn. So the zombie, you know, as you run up to it, you see its skull-like face is leering out of a hood of a tattered cloak of worm-eaten skins and matted oh. mud-caked furs. Just swipe at it with your hand. You just send the head sailing right off like a like a baseball tee. Even though the zombie's head goes flying off into the underbrush, it remains standing and continues to sort of lurch towards you. Destroy the brain! The brain! I look back and give you guys a thumbs up and then 
<laughs> kind of hear the zombie continuing to walk. Like, ah! And I take my <laughs> other claw attack, which is a 10 to hit. That hit. Oh my god, I love it. And that will be, come on, another 7 damage. Another 7 damage. So this time, you know, assuming that with the one claw you swipe high and you knock off the head, another claw swipes actually kind of down low near the hip, oh. causing you hear beneath its fur cloak a thud of one of its legs falling to the ground. Uh, I went for both heads. That's so inappropriate. Um, yeah, that's my turn. Korg <laughs> <laughs> is definitely a little freaked out by this. A little skeeved. Well, you should be, because again, it is now that zombie's opportunity to come at you, and it still has uh, two claws and brings down one on you for, dang, I'm assuming a 10 doesn't hit? No. So then that definitely doesn't hit. So, presumably absent sight, it misses you both times. <laughs> no sight, one leg. It's really not in its best fighting shape. And yet it's still it's still trucking. Really an inspiration to all of us. Uh, I'm aiming for zombie number three. I'm attacking with my longbow. All right. 15. 15 hits. I'm doing piercing damage, and that's a seven. Okay, seven piercing. All right. Um, so this zombie, it's clad in rusted ringmail, and a swordless scabbard is belted to its near-bare pelvic bone. But the arrow managed to embed itself in some of the remaining rotting flesh wrapped around its shoulders. So you get the sense nothing falls off, but it does, it is thrown back by the force of the arrow. You feel like you definitely probably hurt it. Uh, do you have a second attack? Uh, no. Okay. Zombie number two is going to start shuffling around. Fuck, they're fast. Zombie number two, which has talismans and pennants bearing the sigils of ancient gods clattering against its exposed ribcage. These are some stylish zombies. Yeah. One claw. Dang. Twelve doesn't hit, does it? No. Okay. Oh, here we go. Does a 22 hit? Uh, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it breaks you with the sort of exposed bones of its fingers for, not that badly, only two damage, but that's when it leans in with its exposed teeth pulled back over dry gums to try to bite you. Ah, pretty sure he misses with, a, with an 11, though? Yes, he does. That's so many attacks. I knew I should have put distance in between me and them. I, I underestimated their speed. That's you were all right. Also, just Alex, the pure joy you like gave off there when you hit Joe. You really get into the spirit here. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Basil is going to like slap his sub in the face, shake out of his daddy issue stupor, uh, and I'm going to charge forward at. Zombie number one. He like shouts to Borkar. I was like, focus on one of them, please. And he's going to charge up his thunder gauntlet. Give that a, a swing. That is an 11. An 11 hits. Ooh. Love uh, people that are falling apart and easy to hit. Nine damage. Nine damage. What kind of damage? Thunder damage, as the gauntlet implies. Hey, right. My apologies. <laughs> okay, yeah, that zombie. That zombie's really not not doing so hot. Again, headless, teetering on one leg, and now being concussed by thunder. Um, however, you've also turned your back right there to zombie number three, 
You hear the, the clattering of its empty scabbard on bone as it lunges towards you. One of Orkoro's arrows still sticking out of its shoulder. Breaks you with one claw. 13 hit? Uh, it does not. All right. Ooh, does an 18 hit? It also does not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. Oh, shit. That's a critical. Fun fact, oh. that also doesn't hit. What? <laughs> He's invincible. It's the armor. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. I was thinking. <laughs> I'm glad all you right. all I'm glad you all believed me though. I had you have so much faith in Basil. Like, Basil's got some moves. Oh my gosh. In and you feel these ice cold teeth sink into the flesh of your neck, biting you for six piercing damage. Basil just shrieks in fear. The world's worst hickey. Cool, because yeah. that's also then. When number four steps up, zombie number four is weighed down by a massive, rusty breastplate and gauntlets, the last tendril-like locks of its long, brittle hair depending from its skull and face. So it comes at you again. I'm, I'm sorry, if you don't mind my just asking, what is your armor class so I can just freeze through this? Oh, sneaky bitch. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 19. But wait, how much damage did I take from that critical? Six. Unfortunately, nothing from number four. Very happy that I spent so much time building up my AC. Zombie number five, however, has sort of circumvented the battle to move around towards Irina. Zombie number five is lithe and sinewy in a gauzy white dress stained with mud and blood, her head hanging at an impossible angle, the result of half of its neck having been torn away, leaving only a black scabrous mass of splintered tendons and torn esophageal tissue. Words, the woman you have sworn to protect, Pebble. All right. Oh, yeah, that one. So I, you know, I held back because uh, Count Zarovich really reduced my self-esteem, but I've spent this whole time gaining it back up again to do what I do best and turn undead channel divinity. So all of the zombies make a wisdom saving throw, DC 14. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How wise are these zombies? They're zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, number one, that's a pass. Whoa. Oh no! It's a 20, number two, that's a pass. Oh. Now the rolls are coming in. Wow, they've been eating too many brains. They're so wise. Okay, number three is a fail. Woo! Okay. Number four is a pass. Oh my god. Come on, number five. five, ooh, number five is a critical fail. Yeah! Uh, yeah. All right, so two of the five zombies now um, they're turned for one minute or until they take damage. So don't damage them because um, they will spend their turns trying to move as far away from me as they can, and they cannot willingly move into a space within 30 feet of me. They also can't take reactions for their action. They can only use a dash action to try to escape um, or, or to escape uh, from an effect that prevents it from uh, moving. Did you say within 30 feet? I'm going to stand next to you. Yeah. Stand yeah, within 30 feet of me. Uh, was it three and five have to uh, run away? Yes. Okay. We so love that. However, number two is still, or number, or Irina, I'm sorry. Um, Irina is going to move up to try to, she's got her rapier pulled, is going to try to take a slash at zombie number two. This is the one that has the, that's wearing the uh, holy symbols. And that's, so she hits it. Um, and then, Cork, uh, you realize that inexplicably a rotting green leg that's fixed to nobody has righted itself and kicks you. <laughs> what? Oh. oh my god, the leg got a critical hit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. 
You are being kicked by. Ah, what the shit? Futurama, just the, the leg with the face on the kneecap, and it's wearing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. You get kicked for ten damage by a zombie leg. Oh Wait. my god. Like with a critical, just like a rotting toenail is now just like stuck in you. Oh. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yuck. Just kicked right in the nuts by a disembodied leg. <laughs> it's not where you want to be. Um, so 10 damage, you said? Wow. Wow. Was that the leg that I knocked off? It most certainly was. Oh, God. The absolute cruel irony. These zombies. We are, however, back to you. It is your turn. You stand before the legless, headless zombie in the big fur cloak. God, I want that cloak. Okay. <laughs> um, I am going to attack that zombie with my claws. Okay. And these are actually going to be my toe claws. <laughs> Because <laughs> I want to kick this bitch right back. Because <laughs> I'm a little salty. Activate toe claws. Yeah, activate toe claws. Velociraptor style. That's a 19 to hit. Um, so, uh, 19 hits. Okay, and that's six damage. Oh, okay. Okay, the other leg popped right off. The whole thing falls to the ground. It's still alive though. It is still alive. It is still attempting to oh, drag God. it with yeah. its arms. It is. It is a headless torso. Yeah. You guys ever seen the remake of Thirteen Ghosts? No. no, I didn't watch the original yeah, either. Oh, oh my God! You have to see the original movie. It is so ridiculous and wonderful. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm really imagining two legs kind of inchworming their way towards me right now. Ew. <laughs> or that headless torso is still coming uh, after you. Ah. Like, the legs are standing by. Oh God! An eleven to hit. On 11 hits. And seven damage. Seven damage. Okay, so I'm just sort of, what are you is, are you kicking it or hitting it? I'm kind of smacking my limbs around. Like at, when you're swarmed by a lot of small annoying let me, things. Let me, let me rephrase the question. What does the blow look like that finally falls this thing? Ooh, definitely a kick. Definitely a, a wind back penalty kick vibes. <laughs> just wanting to be like, get away from me. You just punt this torso off after the head. Gets impaled on a branch, on a tree. And it's good! Inexplicably at that moment is when the two legs fall down. They don't seem like they're going to get back up anytime soon. Well done. Pork. All right. I did want to see like a only legs tap dancing routine, <laughs> but I guess this is better than that. Porcoro. is only fans, only legs. Only <laughs> <laughs> I will be joining Irina in attacking zombie number two. As right. my arrows did not, I am going to be pulling out my great axe and attacking with that. Nice. That is a 12 to hit. That hits. That is six damage with the great axe. What kind of damage? Um, heavy martial damage? Slashing. Right. Slash no slashing. You've played this game your whole life. How do you not know what kind of damage you do? <laughs> you knock off a leg, which does not fall down. Uh, <laughs> oh, motherfucker. I've never seen an archer be so quick to abandon his bow. It didn't do anything. <laughs> yes, it did. It did damage. Uh, zombie number two is up and now has a vendetta. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it still has two claws and a head. So... Good thing these guys are rolling well in their saving throws, because these. But remember that Irina's right there, so it might just attack her instead of me. Yeah, it's right. almost like some very powerful forces have some vested interest in Irina not dying. I 
So, fuck. A 19 <laughs> hits, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Dang, okay, so you're bit for two piercing. Can you stop being upset when you only do two damage to me? (laughs) Does a 13 hit? No. Okay, well then I guess the leg is stuck in the mud of the riverbank and it's not able to get a good kick in on you. (laughs) It lunges at you and then trips on a piece of mud. Now it's Basil's turn. Zombie one is dead, right? Zombie one is down, as is its look. Yes. And three is fleeing. Three is fleeing, five has fleed into the water where it's now presumably submerged because zombies are not potent swimmers. <laughs> so I guess don't go in the water. Yeah, that's that'd be a uh, not the most fun surprise. But all right, so I guess that leaves zombie number four. So once again, the big glowing fist from the skinny elf boy. Uh, that is a 20, 30, 20. That definitely hits. Hell yeah. Four. Eight damage. Eight thunder damage? Yes. Okay, so zombie number four, it's fine. Again, it is wearing an enormous breastplate and gauntlets, which are now reverberating with the cacophony of this thunderous energy you have now infused it with. And it's definitely the worst off for it. Zombie number three, yes, sort of shuffles off into the woods. Uh, hang, hang on, before, I, I have a bonus action before my, before oh, my turn's you? over. Uh, I'm going to activate my defensive field. So like a little, like a little force field is going to generate around him. He's going to gain three temporary hit points. Who is me? Oh, you. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the zombie. The zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> zombie number three. It's empty scabbard clattering against its bony legs. Shuffles off into the woods to get away from Pebble. Zombie number four is is standing directly in front of you, and again, it attempts to grab at you. Ooh, with a critical claw attack. Is that like your fourth crit? Yeah, it's weird. Um, loaded dice. <laughs> loaded dice here, folks. Uh, so that's that's eight. Eight. Oh, okay. Second claw attack. Nope. And bite attack. Does an eighteen hit? You said it no. does not. Yep. Okay, so you're good. All I'm gonna say, yeah, I, I've been rolling a weird preponderance of critical hits in this battle. I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, like, I'm a teacher. My job is catching people cheating. I don't got time to worry about that shit in games. So. <laughs> That's my Hercule Poirot. It just doesn't fit the psychology. No, I'm not cheating on these dice rolls. Um, and zombie number five has run off to her doom to sink in the water below the falls. We are back to Hebel. Just some gurgling in the distance. All right. So we have... Two, uh, I'm gonna go after zombie two. Okay. And I am going to cast uh, Sacred Flame. So please do a uh, DC 14 deck saving throw. Oh boy. Can you <laughs> believe it? Zombies don't have great dexterity. Mm. Well, we thought they didn't have great wisdom either. Yeah. That's, so if it makes you feel any better, Brian, that's the second one I've rolled on a saving. Throw. All right. It is just, you know, min-maxing with you today. Yes. So it'll be six radiant damage. Six radiant. Okay. So yeah, blast of sunlight illuminates the, the gloomy waterfall. Probably occurs to me that this is probably the first sunlight you guys have seen in what, like three days now? <laughs> Oh wow! It probably it's probably a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like glistening off the waterfall. We're all just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, right, zombies. 
I want I want the light to look like how light looks when it gets reflected off water, that like ripply light. We all just relived like the opening of the Lion King for a hot <laughs> sec there. Everything the light touches is ours. Oh shit, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Irina beefs it, the leg beefs it, we're back to court. Oh, I definitely am not gonna beef it. Um, I guess I'll go to number Famous two. last words. I know, right? <laughs> Why would you ever say that? <laughs> I love failing, <laughs> truly. Um, I guess I'll go over to number two and attack with my claws. Like, watch this. Now the real question is toe claws or hand claws? That is a big question. <laughs> this yeah. is definitely hand claw time. That's a 12 to hit. 12 hits. Y'all. Also, I 1,000% believe that Cork would rather protect Irina than help Basil. That that just makes sense. Well, Basil's <laughs> got the, the super impressive armor, so I figured that uh, you don't yeah, need any help. At this point, I think you're unkillable, so I'm not really <laughs> worried about you. Um, that's eight damage. Well, now I'm definitely going to die. <laughs> and other leg pops off. <laughs> Zombie torso falls to the ground. <laughs> Perfect. Now I can use my foot claws. Now that it's on a level of feet. Um, that's a... Boy, that's a solid eight to hit. Ties to hit though, right? Me, me oh. Hell, <laughs> yeah. There we go. They're zombies. Their only armor modifier is dexterity. Yeah, that was amazing. I rolled a three. I cannot, <laughs> it's hard for me to fail, which is why I can talk so much. Oh, and that's nine damage. All right, so would you like to describe that kill? Oh my god, yeah. Um, so <laughs> this one, I want to kind of kick and slash into the river this torso and then just watch it float away lazy river style, but a gurgling, dying zombie corpse. Okay, so yeah, so you're able to sort of psychically punt it so it rolls over into the yeah, water. Yeah, plops in, in in kind of an it's a small world experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary, so. into the dark, misty waters. Um, is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn, yes. Jake, Jake do you have some, some it's a small world related trauma that we need to unpack here? Um, I do, but I'm saving it for my therapy. We don't have enough time. For yeah. <laughs> Not nearly enough time to unpack these traumas. Great. For Cora. Uh, okay. Well, I am grateful to Court for taking care of zombie number two. Um, and I am pulling out my bow again, and I am aiming for zombie number four. Okay. 21. Uh, there's 11 damage. 11 damage. Wow. Yeah, that thing's pretty torn up, despite the fact that it's also wearing some giant armor, although the armor's pretty much rusted beyond use. And that's your, you only have the one attack, right? Yeah, that's it for me. Okay, Basil? Let's see if Basil can bring this home. Uh, big glowy fist time. That is a 24. 24 definitely hits. For 11 damage. Final zombie falls to the ground. Hell yeah. And you, okay, so... You came out alive on the other side of Strahd's first test. Ooh. I'd like to call that level four. Oh! Hey! Very exciting. Wow, this is the first test Rick yes. has ever passed. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Basil has never failed a test in his life. <laughs> this part Pebble has course. never taken a test in her life. Yeah, that means <laughs> <laughs> also, you see Basil just like covered in like zombie guts and viscera and the armor just like 
vibrates a little bit and all of a sudden it's like the squeaky clean. Um, question for our, our kind DM who loves us and doesn't want anything bad to happen to us. Is that what? When we level up, are we fully healed or do we just gain what, what like health we would gain from the new level? I, yeah, whatever hit points you get, I would ask that you add them to, you know, your hit points total and add them to the hit points you currently have. But no, you're not going to jump up to max. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Also, uh, again, we're sort of on the honor system as far as, as rations. Um, and again, just in terms of reacquainting you guys, you've already walked six miles today and you've got about six hours of daylight left. What are we doing now? The squeaky clean basil now is going to turn around and I was like, what just happened? We were attacked by zombies. Is, uh, is everyone okay? Did anyone get badly hurt? I was scratched, but I'm a dragon, so it's... I didn't, I didn't mean literally what happened. I, no, never mind. Uh, I'm going to roll perception. Oh, and, and that's, of course, I get a 21. I want to check everyone over and make sure everyone is okay and that no one is badly. Yeah, I mean, it seems that everyone's probably pretty shaken, but I, I guess, you know, you guys would be the better, better one. Brian was bit on the neck, right? Yeah, I got I got crit on twice. Uh, I'm I'm doing okay. I I've got like two thirds of my health. Okay. Cork is a little emotionally shook and is kind of seeing legs everywhere now. <laughs> it's like a it's like a phantom limb syndrome, except <laughs> not his limbs. So Brian, are you the only one who was bit? Uh, I think so. Everyone else was just scratched, right? We need to kill him. <laughs> Um, Borcoro would definitely pull his bow on Brian if he notices that there is a big bite mark on his neck. Can I do a medicine check on him to see what his status is if he's like zombifying? Um, sure. Give me a give me a roll. Well, I crit failed, so that's a six. Um, you definitely don't see anything to be concerned about, <laughs> guys. I'm a doctor, and he's fine. So uh, yes, yes. Listen, listen to your wait. You're a doctor. He's, I thought you were a pirate. I mean, I'm I'm a doctor of of the Lord. So. No, no. He makes a good point. Your water bullshittery. Um, I cannot figure out Borkora's accent today. Whatever. <laughs> um, I am sorry, Basil, but you are going to turn. No, no, never, never mind. Don't listen to. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Listen, listen to your friend. Great power. I'm standing within a watery area. I could her power couldn't be stronger in this moment. I know he's fine. He's absolutely fine. Put down the bow. I I think okay. to be sure to be sure I I I'll put down the bow. Borcora puts down the bow, but to be sure, Borcora would like you to wash out the wound. That's a good idea. Get some get some umberly in there. That's I like that. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm was, on board. I was gonna do that anyways, but but. This got real dangerous real quick. Yeah, so Basil will lean down and like make a show of like really scrubbing out his wound that he is definitely hurts now way more than he anticipated. So he's just like wincing as he does this. No, no, no. You you really you really have to get in there. You really have to get in there. And yeah. I, I want to go over and like push his head underwater and like <laughs> scrub scrub the wound, maybe put a little gravel in there to make sure it's actually getting scrubbed. 
while Vercoro <laughs> is waterboarding Basil, I'll also uh, cast a healing word on him just to get him back up a little bit more to full health. So this is this is a bringing back like a lifetime of getting swirlies. <laughs> That's nine health to Basil. Great. And, and then obviously, as he comes up out of the water, and I see his wound is doing better, I'm like, see, you just had to get some gravel in there. It was the power of the water. Absolutely. Oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this. I'm like, you just saw it before your eyes. You know, I would have burned all the zombies to a crisp in a moment if we weren't by the stupid water. <laughs> the water just destroyed everything. For, for what it's worth, you guys, Irina is profoundly unimpressed with all of this. <laughs> Irina, we made the zombies go away. You're welcome. So Strahd was not too far from the park when he suggested that there were major trust issues within this group. Whether or not we were counting on it, it's supposed, suppose, and now we can absolutely re- rule out the possibility that we as a collective were bringing something new to this situation. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, clearly, we would not be the first warrior and priest and mountain person and heavily armored individual and young woman to be in this spot at one point. And they didn't do as well as we did. But we have something they do not. Orc Grizzly. That's no, right. No, I'm she, here. She already insinuated you and I wasn't counting you. You were in the list. You were uh, in the list already. Oh, oh, I was in the mount. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense. We have cryptic riddles, and I believe one of them will lead us to something of great power. I remember the old lady, the one in the tent. She said there was a sword of sunlight. And I mean, I love fire, so a sword made of sunlight would be the coolest fucking thing if we could find it. Uh, She said she saw a, a woman kneeling, and the master of the mark knows where to find this sword. I think if we find this sword, we can cut Strahd down with the power of the sun in our hands. Or my hands. Well, I, I have to admit, a sword of sunlight sounds like a good idea, but um, I think we have bigger things to worry about at the moment, which is how easily he found us. I, I, I hope that we were trying to slip away and get somewhere safe, but he it doesn't seem like there's any escaping him. No, I don't think there's a safe place in this entire town. I don't know if you noticed, we're not very inconspicuous either, so... That's a fair point. Also, cork smell really gives us away at any given moment. Uh, I'm sorry, we're in the woods, and I smell like the woods, so if anything... Is Basil wearing cologne? I feel like that's giving us away more than my first... Basil is definitely wearing cologne. <laughs> Sandalwood cologne. <laughs> Everyone knows it is always best to smell like the ashes of a fire. If we if we could if, yeah, if we could get back on track here. Um, <laughs> Miss Arena, what did he mean that he owns your soul? Was that like a literal thing or was that just like him being creepy and possessive? You at this point know everything that I know. Twice he has managed to charm me, and on both of those occasions, he drank of my blood. The larger implications of that, I'm not sure I'm the best one to speak of. I understand our village's folk wisdom regarding vampires, but may I ask, frankly, the validity of any of that, I don't know. May I ask you, Marina, how is it that he managed to charm you? I will admit he was very attractive for a dead man, but clearly. There must be more to it than just nice hair and a cool castle. 
I think she meant magic. I said a magic charm, not not like he's hot. Probably abs too, if I was guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know why or how I have come to be the object of Strahd's attentions, and I only remember dim snippets of our encounters. My only clear memory is that of the blazing hunger in his eyes. Whatever magics he has as a vampire, remember the fact that at least it is the belief in town that he has certain powers of a wizard as well. No, I imagine that is, it is with those that he managed to gain access to me and, and into my home. To be honest, I'm a, I'm a little more concerned regarding what he said about going to Velaki. Well, it's not like we have a better option at this point, do we? But we do. We can go to the marshes where we will find a sword made of sunlight. Miss Irina, can you tell us where the closest marshes are? I have no idea of any marshes in the immediate area. As far as going to other places, there are other places where it has been suggested I go, but frankly, we'd probably have to go through Velaki to get there anyway. I'm not so much concerned about it as his suggestion that it is different since I left. Uh, well, I say we cross that ominous bridge when we get there. My, my point is, is that I've never been there. Oh. That's a weird thing to say. He, he strikes me as a man who chooses his words carefully. Most people do in this part of the world. I just had a thought. Marshes are like mud, which is dirt. Vor, vor uh, stop, no, stop it. No, wait. stop it with the marshes. Follow me. No, wait, follow me here. Oh, my God. This is, this is a river. I'm pretty sure if we follow the river, it will take us to the mud wall. So Irina's going to jump in and say, well, the problem with that is that she knows for a fact that if you follow the river downstream, it just takes you back to Barovia Village. And you can't follow the river upstream because there's a thousand-foot waterfall right there. Mm. I bet I could climb it. I bet I could climb it. Okay, you do that. Go find your sunlight sword, and we will do literally anything else and try to get out of the open before more zombies and vampires and whatever other unspeakable nightmares are out in this godforsaken country. All right, um, since uh, Borkor is really bad with sarcasm, he's going to walk towards the waterfall and look for a good spot to start climbing. Vorkoro, you hate water. This is so not in your wheelhouse. It's slippery, it's wet, there, you can't catch anything on fire. This is not this is not the path for you. Come on. You know me too well, Pebble. I know. You are a wise, a wise woman of the water. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thank you. I feel like that's the nicest thing Vorkoro has ever said to anyone. I that's the happiest I've felt in weeks. You you did just kind of say that. You totally did. Oh hey, totally. wow. Thank you. He's so he's stingy with the praise, but when he gives it, it feels nice. <laughs> and and to you, dear Corbin, you totally flawed the part like two zombies. That was pretty badass. I would most likely have been scrapped more if not for you. So thank you. It's the least I can do, really. I appreciate it. And Basil, I wasn't really paying attention to what you were doing, but uh, keep it up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that crazy fist. He fisted those zombies real good. Oh, don't. Oh, never. I'm so sorry. Ah. <laughs> you, got, you heard that before, haven't you? You're, you're a great fister, Basil. A great fister. You guys, I'm so glad I'm working so hard here to maintain a creepy atmosphere. <laughs> you, I mean, you're okay. doing a great job. It's, I'm yeah, sorry, no, I am really creeped out. Okay. You just can't give us any downtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, in all, in all seriousness, that's the thing is because, again... You know, I don't want to be coming in and being like, okay, you guys got to pay attention. So, yeah, if, I'm, I'm going to let you guys just riff on into eternity. So, if you, you need to do that. You got to. Alex, 
do we know if like Irina has like gaps in her memory? Like, is that a thing that we've learned about her or talked about? I don't think we have. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember learning anything about Irina specifically from the priest Donovich? We we talked way too much about his son. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> About the only thing I the only thing I really remember was that she was adopted. So well, that's the thing is you've heard that from the oh, priest. She was found. Heard- she was found, right? I, I don't know if you've ascertained that she knows that. Oh. We, we haven't really had time to discuss it. Yeah. We've been busy with so many other things. Because the, the letter identifies her as his adopted daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you you heard that from the letter, you heard that from Donovich, so it stands to reason it's true, but you haven't heard that from her or Ismark. Okay. Perhaps we should head back to the to the to the Vistana camp before it gets too dark. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, we're not safe right here. Um, Irina, you you said you've never been to this town. Why would he possibly think that you have? I honestly don't know. I know it sounds ridiculous to think that I've not been to Valaki when it's only sixteen miles away. But for reasons that I'm sure are fairly clear to you now. People don't travel the woods, even along the road, if they can avoid it. And I've never had it to. The priest uh, whose church I tried to burn down, uh, he did say you were found in the wilderness, so maybe you were like a resident there when you were a baby. You know, stuff like that happens. Like you said, it's only 16 miles. Why is everyone looking all shocked all of a sudden? Yeah, Irina's kind of hard to read on that in terms of her reaction to it, and she very validly attempts to change the subject. Can, I, can we can we insight check her on this? Absolutely, I'll do that too. Yeah. Actually, what she does actually say is um, maybe we should maybe we should keep moving along, but I'm not sure that we should assume that it's going to be safe to camp amongst the Bastani. Oh, okay, no weather safe except beside the fire. That is a supremely unhelpful statement, Vokoro. Thank you. I got a 15 insight check. Um. So, so what do you get with that, uh, Pebble? Is that what Vercoro said clearly very much rattled her, but you're not really sure what exactly, you know, what exactly are the thoughts going in in her mind at that moment, but it did really strike her. It was, it was sort of like an idle, she didn't perceive it at least as an idle comment. I, I got a, a crit fail, so I have nothing to add. <laughs> um, and so are we to believe now because Strahd already knew that we were trying to get to Balaki, that we shouldn't bother going at all. If he knows she's going to be there, then it's useless. Perhaps we should talk so much safer, and perhaps we should ask some questions of the the Bastani. Okay. Irina, why wouldn't we be safe among the Bastani? They were friendly to us before. They were, and uh, um, my better angels tell me that I shouldn't be making any unfair assumptions regarding them, although at a certain point, I think one is forgiven for operating out of an abundance of caution. It's more to the point where if Strahd found us here riding his horse, the only path here is the one that we took, which goes directly through the Vistani camp. He did mention something about agents of his. I mean, did we not assume this? The the Vistani were like, we can go wherever we want. Remember that? We we had that discussion like a couple minutes ago. So I assumed they were working for somebody evil, but I mean, what else were we going to do, right? I, th- I think I have to agree with Arena. I think it's best if we don't go back there. Yeah. Where the hell are we going to go? Okay, okay, so again, just putting this out there, right now, you've traveled a total of six miles today, mm-hmm. which means that you guys can travel a further 12 before you're exhausted, in theory. You've also, as I said, you've got another six hours of daylight. 
and it's only going to take you like half an hour to get back to that camp. How how far is um Velaki? How far is Velaki? Velaki is um that's a good question. It's a ways. It's it's a little like you're probably not going to get you're you're not going to get there before sundown. But there's also a reality that you guys are going to have to face at some point or another, which is that you're not necessarily always going to be able to get between two safe points during daylight hours. Yeah. Especially since Strahd has now proven to you that he can travel under cloud cover. Mm. I, I completely understand this, but I'll take this note. We might not be able to trust the Vistani, but if we're at their camp, we are less likely to be suddenly attacked by werewolves or suddenly attacked by zombies, or something of that nature. Because, you know, they don't want to deal with that shit. But they pointed Strahd right to us. When we weren't with them, would they point Strahd to us if we were standing right next to them? I think if Strahd wanted to be in that camp, he would be. Yeah, he walked sure, through it sure. to get to them. And, and to if, us. Strahd, if Strahd wanted to be somewhere else, he could. I'm just saying, I think it's safer to stay with a bunch of people than not with a bunch of people. I think it might it could be best to make some progress to getting towards somewhere else if we want to, you know, find either the sunlight sword or get some more information. I think we should get on the road to Velaki and we can find a place to make camp for the night. So we still want to go to Velaki? Uh, according to according to Arena, we have to go through there to get pretty much anywhere else anyways. Okay. True. It's a question of if you want to stay on the road. There's only one real road that cuts through the woods to the other side of this land, and it goes straight through Malaki. Yeah, I mean, I trust the road more than I trust just open woods, so. Since I don't have a map of this place, uh, yeah, I guess we have to stay on the road. Yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah. Um. So, again, the path is at least going to work you back through the... Um, Vistani camp, so let's start there. I do want to make a quick stop at the Vistani camp. I will go with you guys, because I don't want to be left alone, but I do want to ask at least one question. Alex, why are you rolling dice? That's scary. Oh, boy. Oh, no. no. (laughs) Okay, so we're walking back to the camp. And what jumps out and eats us? Jumps out. So as you're walking back to the camp through the drizzle, you hear from somewhere off the side of the road, a deep voice calls out, who goes there? Through the chilled mist, you see a large man in drab clothing wearing a tattered gray cloak. He has shaggy black hair and thick mutton chops. He leans heavily on a spear and has a small bundle of animal pelts over his shoulder. We're, we're just some travelers. We, we come in peace. We're just moving through. Yes, don't mind us. You realize that there's somebody standing a little ways behind him as he comes forward. Is that a mountain man? Traveling with dusk folk? Who do I see here? Who is there? Yes. Hi. Who, who are you? What are you doing in this part of the land? Back to your mountain. You have no business here. Uh, excuse me? I have business wherever I want to have business. What are you doing here? Looking like you can barely walk. And honestly, having a bad haircut. You speak the common tongue. Yeah. You are not, you are not of Mount Gakis. I'm, I'm so sorry, sorry. I mistook you for one of the wild men of the mountain. But you are not from here at all, are you? N- no. Uh, hmm. Who are these men you speak of? Oh, the, the great mountain, Mount Gakis, to the south. It is uh, 
It is completely peopled with wild mountain folk who worship Strahd as a god of weather. Oh. I, I mistook you for one of them. You you look quite as they look. It's rather uncanny. Ooh la la. Uh, <laughs> well. And then he, then he turns his attention quickly to, to Basil. And you look like, but you are not one of the dusk folk, are you? Uh, no. I'm sorry, what are those? Dusk folk? Oh, the, um, the folk like you. Uh, the elves who dwell near Valaki. Oh. Oh. Oh, my, my, my. We are not used to seeing people from beyond the mists, and yet ones from beyond the mist who look so like folk who we encounter in these woods. Except for you, my large sir. I've never seen one like you at all. I think he's talking to you, Pebble. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let, let me introduce myself. This is a pirate's hat. I, that, you, when you're not by the ocean, I think that's why you, you mistook it. It's nice mm. to meet you. You are outsiders, then. These are very, very dangerous woods in which you have chosen to travel. Are you defended? Do you need weapons? Um, we have plenty of weapons, but perhaps you know of a safe route uh, that is not frequently traveled by vampires? No, well, there are very few safe routes. I would say that uh, your best bet is to stick to this Hallish road as best you can, if you are able to. But uh, again, I don't mean to be rude, but I, I must insist, if you are traveling armed, that is, that is not always good enough. There are fell dangers in these woods. What manner of weaponry do you carry? Why are you so interested? It is just for your safety, good sir. I see that you have an axe. I see that you have arrows. But if all you have is steel, that will not protect you against the evils of this wood. Do any of you have anything of, of greater substance or power than mere steel weapons? You're a salesman. Oh, but I wish I had something to sell so fine. No, I simply, I simply ask for your benefit. Have you made sure that you are properly armed? I have nothing to sell unless you're interested in my furs. Can I insight check him? Um, sure. I got a 21. So um, he's definitely not trying to sell you something. He does seem to be genuinely interested in finding out what kind of weapons you're carrying. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, yeah, it's kind of. I think uh, at this point, Basil never won to miss an opportunity to show off. He's gonna step forward and just like make a fist and like light up his thunder gauntlet. Hmm. Our friend is very good at fisting. Very good. He fisted a couple of guys by the river earlier. Well, uh, perhaps your sorceress magic will be of some use to you. I'm sure it will against the perils of these hellish woods. But uh, what is that all? What What would you recommend? Well, if that is all, if you have magic and steel, I wish you the best of luck with your magic and your steel. Best of luck to you indeed. I mean, what else is there? I, what, what else indeed? These are dark times. But, uh, but if all you have is your magic and your steel, we wish you the best of luck with them. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think I caught your name. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's but a trifle. He turns to his companion. Alzi, you shall be off. Uh, hang, on, to you. Hang, hang on, wait, uh, please wait, please wait for us, please. Hang on, hang on. Look, I'll be honest, we're lost. We all came here under false pretenses. Um, we, we just got, like, bitch slapped by a vampire and some zombies and there's far too much water around. So, like, where are you going? You seem far too calm. Won't you, zombies? Are you hurt? Oh, my. All right. Let's, let's, let's just break this down. Let's put this into, let's put this into context. You have... Told them that you are traveling with some magic and mundane weaponry. 
and that you are hurt and injured as a result of a battle with zombies. It is at this moment that the two of them then promptly morph into a horrible demonic wolf-human hybrid thing. Oh, God. So let's call that initiative. Okoro. Welcome to the magical world of random encounter. Ah! I, I thought they could help us. No one is. No one in this country can help us. No one. Okay. The two werewolves drop their pelts and bare their teeth. Oh. And roll for initiative. Oh, I could me. anything made of silver. God damn it. Yeah, I you. Any you, amount of silver in here. You will be able to do jack shit. Okay, if you guys want to go ahead and drop your um, initiative in the chat. I got a four for initiative. Of course I get a 21. Of course I do. I got a 13. I got a 10. Look, obviously the moral of this encounter is don't trust French. <laughs> you have a kind of French accent. Oh, no, I guess it's not. It's not. It's not. Pro has a truly international accent. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I cannot keep my accent straight today. Or Koro is just like that vague, like, Eastern European henchman in an action movie. It's what we do in the shadow. I'm what we do in the shadow. <laughs> um, and it's your, you're up first for Koro. Um, okay. How far away from them am I? Well, you literally ran over to them to continue the conversation that they were leaving alone. So I feel like you're right there. Cool. Um, so with all of this in mind, watching them turn into werewolves, I'm going to go full instinctual, uh, and breath them. So that is a 12 deck saving throw for the closest one. For the closest one? Yeah. Is, is it an area effect? Uh, yes, it's 30 feet. Okay, so the, uh, yeah, I'll let you hit both of them. Dexterity okay. save? Uh, yeah, a 12. Uh, yeah, they both fail that, actually. Yes! Oh, we love Thank that. You. Uh, so I blast, so I start blasting. Uh, <laughs> that is nine damage to both. All right. Fuck, I can't even run away from them, can I? I'm so low on spells, too. Well, you can, but they're going to get an attack of opportunity. Yeah, I don't want to do that, so I'm just going to hit them with fire and hope okay. for the fucking best. Basil? Oh, I... <laughs> I don't think we should run, but I don't think it's any running away from these guys. Oh, this is not good. I think I'm going to hang back and. Would you like to risk an action? Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna cast Fairy Fire on one of them. Okay. Um, so, like Basil, like picks up, like lifts up his hand and like kind of launches this ball of light at them. Did my breath fire do anything? Or oh yeah, okay. it did. It did. Yeah, it did. It did damage. Um, yeah, so he like launches this like ball of light from his gauntlet. Um, and I need them to make a dex save. Or I mean one of them to make a dex save. Nineteen. Yeah. yeah, that beats it. Okay. Okay, well that's a waste. So I'm gonna once again activate my defensive field, give myself uh three more no, four more hit points now. Okay. So the werewolf, even though the fairy fire didn't take it, perceiving that someone is getting up to some magical mischief behind him, turns his attention away from Vercoro, taking off after Basil. So it leaps on you with, let's talk about claws first. That's a miss. That's a hit. Okay. So giant-ass werewolf off. He's flying down on you, Basil, for 
Seven damage. Ah! All right, Cork, you're up. Okay. Um, if I wanted to toss some weapons out to people, would that count as a bonus action or that take all my action? I feel like that should be an action because theoretically you got to dig them out from wherever you've, you've packed them up. Mm. Oh, man. I guess that seems... I guess it's a worthy... I'll, I'll let you arm yourself as a free action if you just want to, like, pull something out. Because, you know, we already let you do that to threaten Dazzle. Right. <laughs> but then to actually then pull out a weapon and give it to somebody else. I feel like that would be a full action. action. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. The decisions. I feel like we're going to get toasted if people aren't equipped. So I'm, I'm going to be a team player and and toss some things out. Can I, can I give multiple people multiple things if it's a full action? So, short answer is you can to uh, Pebble or Irina, because they're not in the fray, as it were. But it would be a little more complicated if you wanted to give them to Basil or Vorkoro, because they're both actively engaged with the werewolf. Oh, yeah. Basil, okay. Basil doesn't need a weapon. So, I also don't really need yeah, I'll start. Magic. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just start off. I mostly, I have these silver arrows I want to give to Vorkoro. Um, if you end up near him. Yeah, so I'll just, I'll just take an attack then with... Okay. Um, a silvered, uh, silvered great axe, which is going to be, that's a 16 to hit. That definitely hits. Love it. And come on. Oh, there we go. That's a 15 damage. With oh, hell yeah. Great axe. 15 damage. Wow. Okay. The werewolf feels every bit of that 15 silver damage as it lets out a howl like a kicked puppy. Oh, sad. <laughs> and yeah, I know. I just made you feel bad about it. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you, you can, this is like, you've hit things with axes before and hurt them that like something otherworldly happened in this moment where that silver touched this werewolf. Amazing. Pebble is next. All right. Um, are both werewolves within 30 feet of me right now or should I move closer to get them both within 30 feet? No, I think we can say that they are. Okay. I'm going to cast Bane. Um, so I'm going to choose both of those werewolves, and they both need to make a DC 15 charisma saving throw. Uh, one fail, two fail. All right. So um, anytime they make an attack roll or a saving throw within the next minute, uh, they have to roll a D4 and subtract that number rolled from their attack roll or saving throw. Damn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's Ooh. bad news. One werewolf that is attempting to attack Okoro right now off of the head. So that's, damn, that's a fail anyway. Thank God. <laughs> I'm so glad I've got those scales. That's a fail. Okay. Ooh. Damn. I still think we're going to die, but this is, this is taking a turn <laughs> for the better. That's up. I don't need your negative bullshit right now. <laughs> You're only saying that because this is your fault. Ryan, we're not going to die. He's going to die. I really the rapier at the one that Cork hit. It does not seem to react at all. Her rapier just bounces right off of its fur. And then we're back to Vorkoro. Uh, guys, I don't have any, like, silver arrows. Does anybody have, like, a silver earring or something that I can shoot with them? <laughs> Sorry, no. Talking doesn't take an action. Talking doesn't take an action. Cork, do you want to at least alert Vercora to the fact that you have silver arrows? Yeah. Okay. I have silver arrows. Well, where the <laughs> fuck are they? I can't use them right now. 
Just unzip my bag. I don't remember which pouch <laughs> they are. What of technology are we operating at? <laughs> okay, so um, how far is Cork from me? 30 feet, about. Okay, is he wearing like a backpack or something? He's very visibly wearing a backpack. <laughs> I am I am going to run up to him and tear open his backpack and look for silver arrows. So you're not taking the disengage action is what you're saying. You're going to have to, unless you want to disengage and take an action, you have to take an opportunity attack. Yeah, you're not going to be able to search for the arrows if you do not if you do disengage, though. Motherfucker, oh, this doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> to be fair, the werewolf's been baned. I mean, I, you know. So if I disengage, I won't be able to search for the arrows. Yes. Okay, but if I don't disengage, I'm gonna get attacked by a werewolf. Yeah, but a werewolf who's been baned. Yeah. Only, only, uh, only one attack too. You're fine. You're big dragon man. You're nothing can hurt you. Fuck this! I'm just going to shoot the werewolf. What? Okay. I, I, look, I don't want to get attacked by it. Shooting it with arrows, even if they're not silver arrows, I feel is better than turning my back to it and getting ripped with claws. What are you going to do? Okay, that's a 20. That is a 20 to hit the werewolf. That hits. For no damage. And there, seven no damage. Yeah, you, there's now an arrow sticking out of the uh, werewolf's like meaty chest, but it doesn't seem to have noticed that this has happened. Meaty cool. chest. Um, out of all the choices you could have made, why did you pick the one that does nothing? I didn't know it. I didn't know it didn't do nothing. We had a conversation last episode about how you need silver weapons to hurt a werewolf. Remember, he took a class. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I'm my character is acting on impulse, and that would be to shoot arrows. It's Basil's right? turn. Great. It'd be great if Okoro had more helpful impulses. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I feel like I feel like Basil has I like said a lot of that. Actually, it's just like. Yelling at him from like always over. <laughs> uh, Basil is going to do what he does best, I guess, and punch the werewolf in front of him. Okay. So big glowy fist. Ooh. Okay, that's a nat twenty, right when we needed oh it. With a punch. We Are you sure you guys don't want weapons? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is. See, that's 18 points of thunder damage. Okay. Damn. All right, so, uh, actually, how many times can I use my defensive field? Okay, now I'm I don't, I don't have any more force fields to activate. Um, but I guess what does happen is now, like, my glowy fist starts flashing, and the werewolf now has to, like, like it's distracting for the werewolf. If he tries to attack anyone else, he'll be rolling a disadvantage. Well, this werewolf, who's already at crazy disadvantage, went with the Bane thing, which did save Joe twice now. Wow, um, hell yeah. I just, I just want to make sure that, you know, you, you know that that happened, because the werewolf, in, in response to A, the incredible magic damage it just took, and the unexpected blast from the silver axe, since, you know, it would have been fairly convinced you guys did not have silver weapons, it actually is going to disengage and bound off into the mists. Hey! Cork, you're up. So now is the werewolf that near me, right? And just ran away? Yes. Okay, so now there's one near Borkoro? Yes. But you can you you you're, it's close enough that you can move up to it and attack. Okay, perfect. Um I move up next to Borkoro. Mm -hmm. I drop my bag like 
basically on his foot <laughs> with all the arrows. Um, and I attack with my my silver great axe. Ooh, that's a not natural 21 to hit and not natural 21, of course. So is there a way to get a natural 21? <laughs> and that is five damage. That's it? Yeah. I rolled a two. Well, that sucks. Um, it's it's silver damage, though. It lets out another howl in the realization that you are fighting with silver. Yeah. Well, you're up. All right. Um, how's the werewolf looking? Um, I don't know that your character is very familiar with reading the emotional state sure. of werewolf or any sort of magic <laughs> canine. Fair. So I don't know that you really know how it's, again, given its reaction to the blow with the silver axe, especially compared to Joe's unmagical arrow. Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't really badly hurt by it, it was very surprised by okay. it. Okay. Pieces are kind of coming together. Oh, these guys were very curious as to what kind of weapons you had. Right. And it was only when you refused to tell them that you had silvered ones that they felt comfortable attacking. Right. You know, there are reasonable conclusions to draw. Cool. All right. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to sacred flame him from where I'm standing now. Um, so 15, uh, deck save from him. And, uh, now it's a failure anyway. All right. And that will be five damage, uh, radiant five damage. damage. Five radiant damage. Okay. So there's another blast of sunlight. You're really out of place here. Um, and so let's, let's have some, let's have some fun with this one actually. So again, werewolf took silver damage. Didn't think you guys had silver weapons. It's going to take off. It's not stupid. Um, however, he is just sort of scattered and upset and stressed out enough that he does not properly disengage. So let's have a nice fun attack of opportunity round, shall we? Ooh, Hell nice. yeah. Love right. that. So running away from, let's, because quite a few of you guys are now clamored around it. So let's start with Vercora. Okay. Can I grab the fucking silver arrows from the bag? You absolutely can. All right. Taking silver arrow, loading it in my longbow and firing. That is a 20 non-natural to hit. It's it is seven piercing damage with a silver arrow. Okay, seven piercing damage as an arrow sinks into its flank and lets out another howl cork. Um I attack with my my red axe, of course. Of course. It's a ten to hit. Well that's actually a miss. Ah, uh, then I don't hit. You're short of it as it folds away. Pebble. All right, I'm going to Sacred Flame again, so uh, DC 15 deck save. That's a fail. All right, that is eight damage. Okay, and again, howling in pain, the second werewolf bounds off into the mists. So wait, so did we kill any werewolves? Oh no, you did not kill any werewolves. Werewolves are not unintelligent. They know when to get out of dodge when they need to, but you did defeat two werewolves. Oh. That makes it feel any better. Well, but... I would have been paid for killing the werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it was from Strahd, so I don't know if he would have actually paid me. You probably would have. If nothing else, you have confirmed that yes, there are definitely werewolves in Barovia. And that Strahd did give you real silver weapons. True. <laughs> Imagine it's fake silver. I was like, why are my hands turning green? <laughs> um, so Basil is just gonna walk over to Volcoro and just slap him across the face. <laughs> oh my god. Guys, it, come on. It does it does nothing because you're weak. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not how much it hurts that matters. 
It's how much it hurts on the inside. And that is why Gorkoro starts to cry. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Just ugly crying in your face. No words, barely able to talk. <laughs> All right, well, then Irene is going to keep this moving, if that's what has to happen. <laughs> so you keep heading back along the path. Um, a steady windless rain begins to fall, and shortly afterwards, you have returned to the Vistani camp by the pool. The merry gathering has disbanded, and the fire is now no more than a few guttering coals. A few cloaked figures huddle under the eaves of the wagons, and from somewhere you can hear the melancholy wheeze of a squeeze box, but otherwise there is no sign that the camp is inhabited. Then it goes sit by the fire and focus with a stick. <laughs> so Basil is like off to the side, just like like arms crossed, being passive aggressive, doesn't want to look at Borkoro. All right, so what's our consensus about where we're staying? What, what time is it at this point? So, um... I'm I'm sort of basing all of this off of the idea that Basil has sort of this uncanny knowledge of predicting sunrise and sunset. He does. He's annoying. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Very good. You've got you've got about a little more than another five hours of daylight, admittedly overcast daylight. Mm-hmm. At this point, you've traveled a little more than seven miles today. And the 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 camp is is empty, right? Well, it's clearly not empty, but, you know, you left with this vibe of sort of Vistani hanging around, having fun, telling stories, singing songs, and any any of that kind of jolliness has just been sapped right out of it. They're no longer in party mode, although, yeah, you do every now and then see some of them, you know, moving briskly in and out of the, the tree line or from one wagon to another or one tent to the next. Do they seem like what's their reaction to seeing us or should I roll insight? Um, I mean, you can roll inside, but it's pretty clear that they're just kind of ignoring you. Okay, I'll, I'll roll. Maybe we'll get something interesting. Uh, I don't think an eleven's going to tell us anything new. They're ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think they might be ignoring us. Basil kind of gets over himself and walks back over to the group, and he's like, "So what's what's our plan here? We we hunkering down? We we're just taking a rest and starting at first light, or are we moving on?" Spell wise, I'm pretty depleted. I don't have a lot left, so if we come in encountering much else, I'm not going to be a huge help. But I also feel like we should keep moving on. Borkoro does not have much to say, but he would like to point out that we were attacked twice in the last mile. True. But who's to say we won't get attacked in our sleep? These woods don't seem like the safest place, and I love the woods. So are you saying we should keep moving? No, definitely not. We need to stay here, but we should be careful. Maybe take shifts. Do any? I guess we all need a solid eight hours. Uh, Basil, Basil doesn't. He he can trance. Cool. Mm. So maybe then you keep watch for part of the night. I, th- I say maybe. I vote that Basil takes all shifts. Sounds good to me. Some beef happening in the group. Um. Well, it's better me not sleeping than having you getting us into danger again. <laughs> you do have to trance though for what, like at least six hours. Uh, four hours. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, I Basil needs someone like you know two hours apiece for two other people, and then Basil can yeah. do the rest after that. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll keep watch for a couple hours before going to sleep. I can take a watch. I don't feel very tired. Okay. All right. I'll do the second shift. Cork's already asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the way this has worked out, sort of time wise, you guys kind of have like the afternoon to kill. It's not like it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's if, if there was anything that you guys wanted to talk over in character, you have more than enough time to do that and still get a full rest. 
Okay. Uh, but again, if we're doing a full rest, that's also a day's worth of uh, trail rations. And also, Irina needs to eat. Uh, Basil can can share some with her. He's he's stocked up. Okay. I'm looking to see uh, how much. Uh, I mean, so I, I completely forgot what we said. Are, am I allowed to use rations to do my chef's fee, or do I need to find other food? You can. I mean, we're really this is really just sort of flavor, right? This doesn't actually have an impact on on kind of rules or numbers or anything. It, like that, it right? will because the the things that I make confer advantage on us, like oh. temporary hit points, um, depending on what I do here. So if I if I, with a long rest I can make currently two treats that um, people can use a bonus action to gain temp hit points, also two temp hit points. So then yeah, I feel like the spirit of that suggests that you need something besides just trail okay. rations. Totally. Um, I was thinking about if I could go around to uh, Vistana people and just see if they have anything I could buy. So so to do that again, most of the Vistana, presumably because of the rain, they're kind of holed up in their wagons. So if you're prepared to go knocking on doors, yeah, you can certainly try. Okay. Do I, if I do an insight check, can I kind of vibe check the camp to see if it's, that would be, if they would be interested in me trying to purchase something? Well, it's hard to say because, again, no one else is really around uh -huh. anymore. And the vibe has definitely changed like 180 degrees since you okay. left. So you can certainly try. DM's favorite phrase. You can mm -hmm. certainly try. I know. I don't want to get us into anything troublesome. I, I think I think it's definitely worth asking around. Okay. All right. Um, I just I was also just trying to figure out how much money I have. Did we start off? With a certain amount of money each, or yeah, is it based it on my background? On background? Yeah, we also um, picked up some weird Electrum coins. Oh yeah, actually, because so since I bought Shifts tools, I do not have any money. So if anyone wants to give me some money, <laughs> I can make some. <laughs> so I can make some uh, food. That would that would appreciate it. Yeah, Basil, you can just yeah, Basil go. We'll go with. Okay. All right, so I'll go to whatever feel like looks like the the warmest tent where people are having a semi decent time, uh, oh, right? And and kind of knock politely. Um, so a Vistana woman, yes, yeah, sort of comes out. And she sees as soon as she sees that it's you, she's just like, "Oh, uh, what do you need?" I'm I'm so sorry to bother you. I just I wanted to make some food for my companions, uh, but but we're a little low and I wanted to see if I could buy anything from you. Do you have anything you'd be willing to sell us to eat? Um, I perhaps have uh, some things. What are you prepared to spend? I, I look over to Basil. Basil's gonna take out a, a little coin purse uh, with and like pull out a couple of the uh, Electrum coins or electri Electromite? Electrum? Electrum. Electrum. I don't know if these have any sway for them, but he's gonna be like, ah, like you, you like these? How many are you prepared to spend? Uh, uh I guess Basil looks over at uh Pebble and is like, how much do we need? Um, enough for, I mean, really, if we want more, but I, I can only make enough uh food for two people, so maybe one or two, two electrum. Yeah, I think I think I'll take out like like five coins and see. Just to be like, like, what, like, what does this get us? Uh, I don't. Yeah, and you're, uh, I don't think Basil really knows how much uh, an electrum coin is worth. 
Yeah, Electrum is specific to Barovia. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it exists in the game. It's a, uh, so you can look it up in the player's handbook on the conversion charts. It's an alloy of gold and silver. So one Electrum is worth approximately five silver. Oh, okay. Um, all right, yeah, so I guess if I have one gold piece, is that, is that, a, is that a lot of money? That feels like a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe just, let's two? start with, let's start with one. one okay. What does one coin get us? She comes back with the wooden plate, and on it there's half a loaf of bread and some pretty decent cheese. Oh, that's bad. pretty good. I could I could make some bean grilled cheese out of that. Uh, deal. All right. When her, she she asks, she just straight up asks, "When do you plan on leaving the camp?" As soon as possible, at first light. Um, it will be to your and to our advantage if you don't come back. Okay. At least not for a while. Can I ask why? It would be very inconvenient for everyone involved if you were seen around here a great deal. Okay. It complicate things. We will move on. Are you moving west or east? Uh, I don't. Which way Ford is? Velaki or Ford Barovia? Velaki. So traveling west. Be careful where you make your camp. And any more information than that? Is there? Do you have a, a guide? I, I have some thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm really I'm really busy right now. <laughs> you, you, I. Uh, Give her another piece. Give her. Does rolls his eyes and pulls out another coin. Passing through the foothills, you're going to see a windmill. I would stay away from it. Okay, good to know. What's at the windmill? It's the one place in Barovia that even the Vistani avoid at all costs. All right, good to know. Thank you. So Vistani hate wind. <laughs> I, I tip. <laughs> I tip my pirate hat and walk away. Oh. Um. If anybody has anything else that they know that they want to do here in the Vistani camp, it looks like actually uh, you are sort of well-placed. You know, nothing from the woods is very interested in barging into the camp. Since we have time, once Basil is alone, Vorkoro would like to approach him. Sure. Basil. What do you want? I must say that I have learned some hard lessons today. I always knew that you and I were from different worlds. You are from a world where everything is clearly given to you in abundance. I come from a world where I have to burn everything to the ground to get an iota of anything. With that in mind, we may be from different worlds, but I will not bury an arrow into your back, nor Will I fill your armor with fire until you are nothing but ash and bone? And hopefully, you will also not kill me. And maybe together, we will not get killed by some fucking ghost or werewolf or vampire or zombie or other classic monster. Does that sound okay to you? you know, as far as apologies go, you, you, there's hills and valleys in that statement there. But sure. I'm sorry. A lot has happened recently, and I've I've been too harsh on you. It's probably everyone. It's we're all adjusting to a lot here. It's all it's all right. It's all right. It's cool. We don't look. We don't need to make it weird. I just want like I'm cool. You're cool. We're cool. Everyone's cool. Right, right before he said that, Basil was like leaning in to like give him a hug. He's like, oh, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that's yeah, that's cool. Oh, it was such a sweet moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. With that in mind, Vorkoro would like to bring up, because we had about five hours of daylight now. What if we didn't spend the whole night here? 
and what if we rested for eight or so hours and then literally left in the middle of the night? Do you think we would have a little more safety under the cover of darkness? Obviously, we would not be able to see very well, but maybe other things also wouldn't be able to see very well. And since traveling in daylight doesn't seem to offer any safety, maybe it would be best to get a good couple hours of darkness. I don't think the dichotomy of travel in this country is safe and unsafe. I think it's dangerous and more dangerous. And I think dark is more dangerous. I'm kind of on Vaporo's side. I think we should get going as early as possible. I don't think we want to be out in the woods with things that hunt at night. I think we already were. We were already attacked by zombies, vampires, and werewolves before the sun. In broad daylight. I'm not sure what could be worse in the dark. Well, don't say that. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Man of the woods. Um, what time is it now? It's like the afternoon. It's a five hour swing. It means that you would get up super early or super late, depending on your point of view, and travel for five hours before the sun rises. No, that sounds fine to me. That's, this seems like a terrible idea. I mean, I guess there's no harm in sleeping in. I think there could be a lot of harm, actually. We have learned that we can trust no one. Well, and we learned that the Vistana do not want us here. The fog clearly has given enough cover for evil beings even during the day, so I don't think it'll hurt our chances much more. Are we evenly split, or are we three to one? I actually, I, I think we leave immediately. Well, after yeah, the rest. No. <laughs> Basil is like, like kind of frantic, and I'm just like, what? How, just, wait, what, what is going on with you people? For what it's worth, here's Irina's input. Even if we leave first thing in the morning, it is unlikely that we will make it to Valaki before night falls again. So even if we're not traveling at night, we're trying to make camp at night and probably without finding a place that's at least any safer than a Vistani camp. Right, that's, see, that's, that's a good point. That's a well-reasoned take. Versus the rest of you like, oh, let's just walk around in the dark. Uh, yeah, hard disagree. <laughs> I don't sound like that. Okay. Oh, that was, oh no, that was my impression of of Cork. Oh, oh, that that was uncanny. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uncanny. Do it again. If I hadn't already heard, uh, saw myself hanging, I would have been shocked that there was two of me. But <laughs> I'm used to this at this point. So true. Magic of the woods. I was gonna say that really messed you up, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, mess me up. Okay, so we're burning daylight. We're getting an, an early start to travel from the Bastani camp before the sun is up. Um, are we just going to go right ahead and into that? or Yeah, let's launch into it. I'll also just verbally recognize that I uh, spent my long rest cooking two treats that people can take as a bonus action. So um, in, in times of need, I can toss those out for a couple extra temp HP. It's probably probably a okay. good idea to give those to people. Mm-hmm. Like, where um, do you think you want to take them? Okay. Um, I guess, who who's normally the ones taking the most hits? I feel like it's... Uh, Basil. Uh, Basil and probably Vercoro. I, I, I only lost six hit points. I have literally not been hit once. I shouldn't say that out loud. I'm going to absolutely shinx <laughs> myself. Considering I was right up in front of some werewolves and zombies, I only lost six hit points. I feel like Cork lost more, but I might. I lost 10 hit points. Okay, so I'll give one to Basil and one to Cork. Cool. Something worth noting the one time you saw Irina get hit, 
the hag just dropped her. Oh, so true. I keep forgetting about Irina. Okay, I'm giving one to Irina because we need to protect her, and I'll give the other one to Basil. I would give it to Cork. Okay. I really, I'm really not worried about Irina at all. <laughs> like, not in the fucking. That feels the, like the opposite of what we're supposed to feel. Yeah, I'm we sorry. should be exclusively that worried about Irina. Standing right next to me during a zombie attack and was just. Fine. <laughs> yeah, but if uh, if Camille hadn't turned the one that was coming specifically for her, yeah, she she might yeah. have been scuffed or something, you know. Since Irina was the only one who recognized that each one of you guys had a zombie double. Oh, oh, this is also true. No, oh, there's the one with the holy symbols. There's the one with the big fur cloak. There's the one with the big armor. There's the one in the wedding dress with her neck ripped out. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, yeah. Why do I bother? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just too stupid for your good yeah, story. Totally yeah. Totally yeah. I, I, I did whoosh. unironically want the, like, in, like the cloak. Yeah, I was thinking, like, how... Which We're one? like, oh, these are some really oh, fashionable really zombies. zombies. Not everyone style. will get that. That's just for the English professors in a hundred years. I will say your your English profession is very clear when <laughs> describing the horror things. It's really chill. No, yeah, it's great. You're doing a, a great job, and we're we're trying as hard as we can to ruin it, I guess. But but <laughs> I'm, looking forward to the, I'm looking forward to the high school research papers written about this podcast. Oh hell yeah! All right. So under cover of darkness, you leave the Bistani camp, and you're heading back up the path towards the uh, gallows crossroads. You remember those, right? Mm. Can we avoid these somehow? Not if you're going to stay on the path, because you're right now. You're on a footpath, and that's where it, where the footpath met the road was at the gallows. Real quick, out again question: Do we all have night vision? Everybody but you oh, does. That's right, I don't have night vision. Yeah, so um, but, uh, you you wear you have like the, the I, I know, but long I, eyes though, right? I, as in character, Borcoro wants to be like maybe we should not put any light on. How how dark how dark is it, Alex? Pretty fucking dark, right? Pretty dark. Like <laughs> there's no there's no star or moonlight. So yeah, so it's that's what I, I kind of thought it was be like pitch black. So without light, you're saying like unless we have a light source, Volcro cannot see, and Arena cannot see. Oh yeah, Arena. Mm-hmm. I gotta stop forgetting about Arena. That's I'm really okay bad. That because I think it would make us less of a target. Because I have I have hunted people in the woods in the middle of the night. And I'm going to tell you right now, when they have a light source, it just makes it easier. You just say you've hunted people? I have. I have. So you, you said that as Joe, not as Volcoro. So no, I know. I was like, so did he forget the accent? What is I, I happening? I hunted Alex in the woods in the middle of the night. It, um, before the pandemic, I used to run a horror camp. And I, would, I was the killer. And in the middle of the night, I would chase people through the woods and try to kill them. And I'm telling you right now, when you have a fucking flashlight on, or any light source, it's just easier to find. That's very cool. Yeah, that is very cool and very scary. And having been Joe's Michael Myers on several different occasions, I can yeah. confirm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so then, what do we do? What do we do to not have our blind among us get lost? Buddy system. Seriously, I'm. I'm Rope. Cool with holding on to Cork's backpack and letting him leave. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to step in. I know that we've already spent 20 minutes just arguing about the traveling at night thing to begin with, but I, I'm going to need to insist on a light source considering that you're traveling through a mountainous forest. <sighs> That's fair. Otherwise, I'll just trip and fall every three feet. All right. I've got my crazy helm, so I'll be fine. Well, yeah, well, right. well the, the, helmet, the helmet doesn't actually do anything for you. I have to tinker with the helmet. Oh, I, and... I thought it was a magical helmet like you gave me. I didn't realize that you had to turn it on 
for me every single time. <laughs> okay, if if you have a, a lantern or enough torches, or if uh, uh or if Camille wants to use the light cantrip, I can do that um for something for that Irina's holding so that she can have light too. So she's got her rapier. Yeah, I can cast light on that. And then if you want it, you know, she's Irina's no fool. She knows how to you know keep it sort of in her in its scabbard just enough to give just enough light without sending a whole friggin' beacon through the walls. Um, okay, so eventually, traveling for about a mile and a half, you come to the old wooden uh, gallows. Don't look at it, guys. No one look at the gallows, okay? Don't look at them. Uh, Basil is looking uh, at the gallows. <laughs> the southwest fork clings to an upward slope. Uh, so eventually you find yourself working your way through the night, up and around the switchbacking rocky foothills of the forested dark mountain to the north. Alex, scale of one to ten, how scary is this for us? Well, I'm, I gotta now do the, the random encounter rolls before the next real official encounter. Well, so. Moro, uh, I would like to say that now that we are out here in the woods in the middle of the night, that leaving camp before daylight was a bad idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the first one to say that. I know it was my idea, but uh, I been saying from the get that we should have stayed. What is happening right I, now? I, Everybody I, but Basil. I hate all of you. Hey, I stand by it. And I think Irina stands by it too. Um, quick, just quick uh, point of order. Vorkoro kept the silvered arrows, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, unless there's okay. a rule against it, I was going to keep as many as I possibly could. Yeah, it's good for him to have them. I'm just making sure that Cork didn't be like, no, these are mine. Like, I'm taking these back. Um, <laughs> that's bold of you to assume that. <laughs> they are mine. If Cork did try to take them back, it was going to wind up being a fight. It really was. Because did, did you... To take back my own Do you things? even have a bow? I could stab an arrow into someone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do have a, I do have a bow. As you make your way higher and higher into the uh, up the mountainside, you hear the howls of wolves some distance away, but growing closer and closer. Uh, I'm gonna make sure that uh, there is a silver arrow in my bow. All right, uh, Cork. What what other silver weapons do you have? Um, I have a great axe. I have a long sword, a flail, a couple more arrows. A dagger, uh, with might, might it be? How do you have a how do you sell, How do you? I'm have just a, kidding. I, I just have a long sword and a great axe and arrows. I was gonna say, how do you silver a whip? Um, might it be worth <laughs> giving the sword to Irina? Is she the one that needs it most? I mean, should we come into contact with something that needs silvered weapons? She's currently the only one that doesn't have a way to fight. Then, yeah, I guess that uh, sounds reasonable. So proud of you for learning to share. I'm sure she will give it back later. I, I hand the sword to Irina, except I don't let go of the hammer. <laughs> 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 you can have this. Corka's <clears throat> big middle child, or sorry, big only child energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. It's like Cork's whole thing. Basil has middle child energy. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting enough attention. <laughs> I'm going to apologize up front for the quality of this map. Again, this was a random encounter and one that I was not anticipating. You know, uh, I, I feel like you took it really hard that we didn't have combat really in the last episode, and 
This is just running the gauntlet. I am going by the die rolls. Oh, then fuck the dice. So here's what we're going to imagine, all right? We're coming around a switchbacking hillside. You see this black line? On this side of the black line is where the mountain just sinks into the misty valley. Over on this side is where there's a lot of foliage. The brown lines represent the path itself along these switchbacks. So figure out what order you guys are walking in along. Uh, I think the, the best thing we could possibly do is have Irina in the middle and essentially be walking on all sides of her. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so then fine. Irina. I'll be towards the back since I can cast. I, I will also be towards yeah, the back. Yeah, I think we, we usually have we usually have like me and Cork up front. Well I I would consider facing the woods up front because if there's gonna be an attack, I feel like it's gonna come from the woods, not from anywhere else. Oh, very smart. That's a fair point. And that's when yes, by the light of your a dark vision um, you start to see the wolves emerge onto the path in front of you and behind you. Oh. Yeah. Like like wolf wolves or werewolves? Like silver allergy wolves. These look like normal wolves. They're nowhere near as big or as impressive as those two werewolves, but that's six, seven, eight, nine. No one ever asks how wolf. No. No, I got. I, I got you. Yeah, it's like a play on. Yeah, Mel Brooks. T- on where? Mel Brooks made that point like thirty years ago. Uh, Alex, fair. stop drawing wolves. I'm done. <laughs> no, I said jump into the valley. Oh God! Fourteen wolves. That's so many wolves. That's so many my, wolves. Why? That's my bad name. Why such an initiative? What the fuck? Are you complaining about that? Yeah, you have silver. Going first never seems to help me. I got a 17, and I put it in the chat. I got a 12. I got a 4, and I also... 22. Okay, so 22 was the highest. That was Bokoro. I like a lot of, like, 10s and 11s today. Thoroughly mid. (laughs) I feel like that's very Basil of you. (laughs) Basil is from the Midwest. (laughs) uh, Whatever country we were in before this. Sure. For someone who's played a lot of D&D, I don't know the map or the countries at all. I mean, D&D is always adding and changing. So, like, I'm sure there are people who, who do know those things, but as you've said, I've played D&D for 15 years and I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that feels like a separate issue. That's a personal personal decision, I think. <laughs> right. Recordo. Okay, let's... let's can do this. Let's get mauled by wolves. <laughs> that will not happen. If we can survive werewolves, we can survive wolves. They're just puppies, is all. Please, please don't try to pet the wolves. <laughs> Joe, you're first. Uh, then I'm going to use my sharpshooter ability, because I just want to see how well it does against these folks. Uh, and I'm going to shoot for a good old number one. All right. That is eight to hit. Is that a regular arrow or a silver arrow? I, I was going with regular arrow. I'm saving the silver one for... You guys are better be counting ammo. Uh, I, I, <laughs> if we're doing this kind of book, you guys are better I, yeah. be counting ammo. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that was yeah. nice. Okay. Um, if it makes you feel any better, the wolf lunges at you but totally misses. I take it. Wolf number two. Dang. You guys actually... Armor is no joke with you guys. I'm glad right. we have it. Pebble. All right. I am going to... I'm, I'm not happy about it. But I know in my heart that the only way I can get through this is with fire. So I am going to cast 
flaming spear in the direction um, that I am more closely facing. So there's like two, five, six, nine, etc. Um, and so a five foot diameter spear, I'm going to put it in between two and five. Um, could I hit both if I go there? It was moved oh. up. Oh, oh, so oh. That was on me. Sorry. Um, you could, couldn't you get five, six, and nine? Oh, if, yeah, if you think so, then for sure. I mean, I, I don't, I, I guess I shouldn't say, I don't know how the spell it's, works. It's a five foot diameter sphere of fire. Okay. Um, and so any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, so I guess they have to stay there. Um, but I can also just move the sphere and ram it into somebody. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll cast it. Ooh, okay. I know what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to, okay, never mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm casting Scorching Ray instead. It's still fire. Um, I'm going to cast Scorching Ray and hurl three rays of fire. First one at two that's really close to us, and the second two at five and six. Okay. Um, and they will need to do a... Oh, here. Oh, I just rolled a hit. Oh, jeez. That is a nine to hit. Uh, that's a miss. Eight. Well, that'll be all. Who's the heart? Uh, that's me. Okay, incoming wolf. Ooh, okay. 23 hits, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so wolf lamps down on your thigh for eight piercing damage. Uh, feels like a lot. And I need a strength saving throw. Oh, wonderful. You know what I'm really good at? Strength. Definitely not a shut-in academic who put on a magic suit of armor. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, I got an 18 minus one, so 17. Okay, so not bad. So yeah, so you can, the, the wolf, as it's grabbed you, it's not just content to bite you, it's trying to pull you down, but you manage to keep your balance so you don't get knocked prone. Bezel has hit the gym once in his life, and that was enough, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wolf number four isn't going to let that happen again. Wolf number four well, is going after Irina. Oh, shit. Wolves. Hey, what was that? What did that little cake thing that you made Irina do? I guess two temporary HP. She might need them. Oh, my God. Wonderful. Ooh, yeah, that, uh, because, you know, she's no warrior. She's no adventurer. She's just the daughter of a mayor. And so she lets out a shriek when that wolf grabs her and it pulls her straight to the ground. Irina has been knocked prone by wolf number four. Hey, Cork. Yes, sir. Let's see what's up. Wolf fight for six. I need a strength saving throw. If there's one thing I can do, it's save on strength. Save on strength. Save it last words. What's, <laughs> what's the... Uh... What did you roll? Hey, <laughs> uh, 13... Oh, no, actually, yeah, you're able to stay. Woo! <laughs> I just want to point out that Cork's feat of strength here was less impressive than Basil's. <laughs> um, I want to point out that we're that everything worked out in the end, so we shouldn't be keeping score. <laughs> Basil's a burnt-out, gifted kid. Everything is a competition. God. Who's the X? Me. All right. Oh, man. Okay, no, the wolf misses you. Good. And Basil, you are now up. Can I just express how much I hate this? <laughs> you, you can express that while attacking wolves. Basil, I still stand by my idea it was good to go at this time. I just want to emphasize <laughs> that right now. Uh, Basil has been giving everyone, like, bug eyes, like, see? Huh? 
Like this entire time. I give been, you a wink. He is peak passive aggressive right now. Um, I be actual hate... aggressive. Actually aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> the fireball locked and loaded. Come on. Uh, no, I don't. Because I'm a level four artificer. I can't do anything. Um, I, I guess. I don't really like using my magic for offense, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cast Thunder Wave. Ooh. Um, I can I can place the 15 foot cube to hit wolves one, four, and three right in front of me. Excellent. Um, awesome. So yeah, uh, like the Thunder Gauntlet like charges way up, like starts like you know like kind of shaking his fist, like he's gonna throw an old timey punch, and then just a big blast of sonic energy. Uh, and I need them to make some constitution saves constitution constitution damn okay <laughs> so wolf wolf number one nine hell wolf number four six hell wolf number three nine okay three fails we love Finally, that something successful okay so what's gonna happen now is they're all gonna take 2d8 thunder damage Oh no. Uh, well, it didn't roll great. So that's seven thunder damage. Oh, my puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call them puppies. Don't make me feel bad about this. Kill the puppies. Uh, if the, werewolves so, are puppies, these are like teeny tiny puppies. Kill too. the puppies. Let's kill the puppies, guys. How far, how far do they get pushed? They get pushed right? 10 feet back. Only 10 feet? Only 10 feet. Oh, one could have just gone right over the edge, but he doesn't. Oh, oh that's a good plan, though. Yeah, All miracles. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on your? Yeah, I'm gonna give myself temporary hit points. I create a little force field. Okay. And that is it. All right. Four. Um, <laughs> seven. Seven doesn't like how you just did his homies dirty. There's so many fucking wolves. This is 22. Yeah, 22 hits. So, Basil, that's going to be another seven piercing damage, and I need another strength check. Oh my god, these wolves are rolling so well. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I think the zombies roll like shit now. You down? That's a crit fail. Oh, oh you're down. All right. That's, oh god. Uh, and with, with my modifier, a zero. Holy fuck! So if you're prone, that means that attacks against you have advantage, right? Yes. Okay, as wolf eight comes running up to start eating oh. your innards. Eating your innards. Love that for us. If this, if your magical armor can't protect against wolves, what good is it? I'm wondering that myself. <laughs> it only protects his outer, it's not his innards. <laughs> what did you roll? Um, no, actually, he missed. Oh, incredible! You didn't get through your obscenely thick breastplate. Oh, thank God. Um, cork. Wow, so many wolves to choose from. I guess I got to go lucky number eight. Oh, so no one's gonna help Irina up. Okay, oh. that's nice. No, nope, nope. All right, let's attack wolf number eight. No, She's fine. Attack, well, yeah, she'll be fine. For you, no, I'll help Irina. She can, she can stand up on her own. You know what? I'll, I'll let you do it as a as a move action. Oh, perfect. I'll yank that person up. And on one side, you're pulling her up. On the other, you're doing like an Austin Powers judo chop. On yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to rage and claw. Because the claw yeah. is law, and that's a 14 to hit. Finally, you guys have finally hit a wolf. Yeah, I'm clawing back. That's eight damage for the first hit. Eight damage. Oh, wow. What up? Okay. Wolf v. Wolf. Um, that's a seven to hit. 
That's a miss. That is my turn then. I'm gonna snarl menacingly. Wolf eleven. So we're not even all we're not even through one round of wolves yet. <laughs> I hate all of this. Alright, and uh Irina is going to move up. She doesn't want to be left out of this action. Actually, Irina, how many hit points does she get from uh drinking that Two. eating that thing? Two. Okay, yeah, she's definitely gonna take advantage of that. And then back to we're back to Vorkoro. Okay. Um so wolves six, nine, two, and five are grouped close enough together. Uh, I'm gonna hit all four of them with my breath weapon. Oh wow! Uh, it's just the perfect amount of range. Uh, th- that is a mm-hmm. twelve dex saving throw for all of them. Okay, twelve. Okay, six passes, nine passes, two passes. They all they all pass. Do they all yes, slowly they take half? half Which is okay. It's so how much two. second? It's gonna be fucking two. All right. So two damage to six. Two damage to nine. Two damage to two and two damage to five. Oof, guys, this is getting dark. Did you think it wouldn't? You threw a horde of wolves at us. <laughs> you wanted me to go by the book. I'm just rolling random encounters. I did, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just saying Good. the expectations here. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't know why you thought this was gonna go well. Because they're wolves. They're only wolves. Um, <laughs> only four. You throw 14 of anything, we're gonna, it's gonna be a problem. Here is two. Okay, two moves up to attack Cork. Cork, that's a critical hit. Well, that's subjective. (laughs) How much damage? 13 piercing damage from wolf bites, and I need a strength. Oh god, now is that in human or wolf damage? Like, do I divide by seven? Um, nope. Okay, so human damage, that's fine. Strength it. 23 on the strength. Okay, you're good. Yee! Strong. Oh! Pebble. All right. I'm going to... No one's no one's prone right now. Everyone's up. I'm prone, but I, I can stand back up on my turn. Okay. Um, I am going to... I'm going to cast Bane again. I'm going to cast Bane on 2, 8, and 7. Okay. Um, so they all need to do uh, DC 15 charisma save. Okay. Fail, fail, fail. All, all right. right. So we all know the drill. Mm-hmm. They have to roll D4 and subtract uh, that number rolled from the attack roll or saving throw. Um, okay, where's wolf number three? It's one of the ones that I thunderwaved, right? Yep. Yeah, he mad. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say any of these wolves are in a good mood. Oh, relative with wolves. You're already down, right? I am already prone. Yes. Okay. Six damage. How is he still hitting me? What is the point of a 19 AC if everything's going to hit anyways? <laughs> You're lying down. Doesn't matter. The uh, AC doesn't get lower. Where's four? I think four is actually going to hold. Where's five? Oh, five's right there on cork. Cork. Yes, sir. You or bit for six piercing damage and they need a strength saving throw. See what I got. That's a 13. You're good. Pebble's not prone, right? Nope. That's still a hit. For three piercing damage and they need a strength saving throw. Okay. Um, and should I do, um, I have a reaction I'm gonna do. Should I wait? Well, what's your reaction? It's, it's just to, um, it's the warding flare, which will, um, oh, it imposes disadvantage on the attack roll. Okay, so I'll roll that again. Um, 
Yeah, so then it doesn't hit. Cool. Hey, Basil, you're up. Um, Joe, where is Warcrow standing? The, the marker on the map's kind of in the middle. You, you can go through people, though. Well, it's it's not about that. It's about where I can put my Thunder Wave. So I'm going to do that again. Because um, if you're standing right there, I don't think I can place it without hitting you. Then hit me. It, I, it, it could literally throw you off a cliff. Maybe don't hit me. Can't you just, can't you just move so that you're next to me? And then... I'm surrounded by wolves. Where could I go? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I would love you to hit these wolves, and I would also love to not be thrown off a cliff. Uh, actually, it, it wouldn't actually throw you off a cliff. It would, it would push you 10 feet back. So you'd be right on the edge. Is it centered from you? Uh, it's a 15-foot cube originating from you. Yeah, so it's hard to imagine you hitting one without you hitting Joe. Yeah. Joe, how are you looking on health? How's, I am all the way up. I'm really, really healthy. If you're going to hit me, just fucking do it. We are surrounded by wolves. I would rather the wolves get taken out and me get hurt a little bit. All right. I'm, 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 I need con saves from wolves one, three, four, and 7. Okay. One. What's the DC? Uh, 14. Okay. One fails. Three fails. Four passes. Seven, thanks to Bane, fails. So four with the only pass. Okay, so they're all taking nine thunder damage. Okay, I'm sorry, that was one, three, four, and seven? Yeah, they're all taking nine thunder damage, except for the one who passed, who gets half. And then anyone who fails gets pushed ten feet back. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do have to roll. Though you took out one, three, and four. Hey! Uh, I rolled a I rolled a 19 for my Constitution saving throw. So, uh, so you, you take four points of damage. You don't get pushed. And what kind of damage? Thunder. Okay. So you essentially thunderclap in my ear, and I'm gonna be like, mm-hmm. Ah, that's not cool, ma, ma, ma. I can't hear anything now, ma. Did I just give Borcoro tinnitus. What? Um. <laughs> Last last thing I'm gonna do is give myself four more temporary hit points. Oh, and and, and stand back up. It's, it's like you took them from me. Seizing the opportunity of Vorkoro's deafness, Seven is going to attack. Vorkoro, that is a wolf bite for eight piercing damage, and I need a strength saving throw. Above my armor class. Your armor class is yeah, I got above your armor class. <laughs> DM is unimpressed. That was a fifteen saving throw. You're fine. Um, all right, so that was seven. Where's eight? Okay, eight's still going after. Damn. Okay, so you're safe from eight, Basil. Nine's going to move up and engage Pebble. All right, come at me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> you won't, okay. no balls. <laughs> Pebble is safe from nine. Where's ten? Mm, ten's just going to come around the other side. I hate Nobody made you guys all stand in a tight circle. I don't think spreading out would have yeah. been any better. Everybody split up. We'll be, we'll uh, be much better that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's still like three wolves per person. We'll have a conversation afterwards. Um, <laughs> about why you're wrong. Torch, you're up. Yes, I am. Um, I am going to attack. Oh, God. I guess wolf number eight again. Okay. What's behind lucky door number eight? <sighs> It is a 18 to hit. That definitely hits. For nine damage. 
Oh, it falls. Woo, you killed it! Killed it. Next one. That's a 23 to hit. Let's do wolf number two, I guess? Um, Six damage. Six damage. Okay. Well, now that one's in pretty rough shape. Okay. 11 is going to move up to attack Basil. I would prefer if it didn't. Well, ugh. yeah, I'll bet you would. So that's going to be six damage oh. and a strength saving. Oh, my God. That's... Are you down? No, but... They're wolves. How are they getting through this? I I will explain something to you when this battle is over. Where's 12? Uh, I got an 18. Okay, you're good. You're up. 12 is going to move in to try to avenge 8. Oh, nope. Okay, of course, that is going to be 7 piercing damage and a strength saving throw. Oh, I think I have immunity on piercing damage, actually. Oh, you- well, we have resistance, probably. Resistance, resistance. I probably had this the whole time. You do, anytime you rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the time-honored tradition of Jake figuring out his character in real time. No, I just forget Every... these things. <laughs> I just... Uh, is that is that any different? <laughs> so I do have resistance against piercing damage. And bludgeoning and slashing. And bludgeoning and slashing. So I, I get halved, I guess, to four or to three. To three. Okay. And strength, strength saving. That is a 23 again. Wow. I'm so strong. Okay, that 13 just moved up and bit you for four damage, which halved is two, and I need another strength saving throw. <laughs> two damage and another strength save. Come on. That's a 15. Hey, you're good. All right. Irina gets a good hit in on Wolf 2, but doesn't kill it, and we're back to Vercoro. I'm going to shoot at nine. 23 to hit. 10 damage. Okay, that's a kill shot. Oh, love that. Pulls to the ground, an arrow sticking out of its side. Wolf one is dead. Wolf two. Ooh. He's gonna lunge at Irina. That one's got Bane on it, too. And then that's why he misses her. Woohoo! Yeah, you were, you were getting that's... so much mileage out of that spell today. It's good. It's a good spell. And it's your turn, Pebble. All right. I have an idea. I want to move. Um, so. I want to do Radiance of the Dawn, which means that within 30 feet of me, everything has to make a constitution saving throw. So I want to make sure that no, none of my allies are within 30 or 30 feet of me, but is it like a 15 foot radius sphere? It doesn't specify. Is it in a um, line? What's the spell? Probably. It's a uh, channel divinity Radiance of the Dawn. It's not a spell actually. It's uh, one of my features. So yeah. So if you, I mean, here's the thing is you're going to have to. Yeah, Camila, it's, it's, it's within, th- it's a 30 foot radius. Oh, a 30-foot radius. So then I can't so do that. You, you could hit all of the wolves at once, but... I, I would hit literally all of you guys as well, which would yeah. not be good. Okay, like de- so you're can't... detonating a radiant nuke. <laughs> all right, never mind. So that's why I will not be doing that. Um, I What I will do instead is cast Scorching Ray again at uh, 10, 6, and 2. So they get... Saving throw. Or? This is this is just a uh, hit, which is a twenty-one to hit. That hits. And they will each take four damage. Okay, so that actually falls too. Hell yeah! Woohoo! All right, um, three is dead. Four is dead. Five is, I guess, attacking Cork. They would, wouldn't they? I want to point out that well, we have I killed mean... a lot of wolves, and there are still so many wolves. That's a critical hit. Critical hit, you say. So it's 11 damage halved for five. 
And they need a strength saving throw. I'm not gonna lie, this one feels like the one I'm gonna fail. Oh, it's a 12? You're good. All right. I passed. Hey. In response to that that uh, spell, six is gonna attack Pebble. All right. Also a critical hit. Yikes. Uh, can I warding flare that? Okay. So, yeah, okay, six misses. Cool. And now you are up, Basil. Oh, yeah. Um, the wolves next to me, right? Are they damaged at all? 11 and 13? Um, 11 is hurt. 13 is, does not appear to be. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to punch 11 then. You're going to punch it. Okay. Nice. Casual day of punching dogs. Um, punching wolves. That's a 19 to hit. That hits. We love that. We don't love the two that I just rolled on damage. That's seven damage. Seven yeah. damage total? Yeah. Okay, that was actually enough. You just punched a wolf to death. Hey! Endangered species. I hope you're proud of yourself. There's no, like, we've heard so many howls. There's no way these are endangered. This is, this is actually, Brian, this is a very important moment. You guys have killed half the wolves. Woo! Uh, seven is dead, eight is dead, nine is dead, ten is... Going after Camille. All right. That's a hit. And that is only four damage, but I need a strength saving throw. Okay. That is going to be a 10. Okay, you are down. You have been knocked prone. Shoot. All right, pork. Okay, I'm going to attack wolf number five. That is 22 to hit. That definitely hits. Five damage. Five damage. That falls it. It's dead? It's down, yeah. Perfect. And then eight to hit the next one? Nope. Sorry. Doesn't hit? Nope. That's my turn now. 12 is going to move around, though, to Avenge 5. That's, dang, that's a miss, though. All right. 13. Where's 13 is right there, too. Is also going to attempt to Avenge 5. That is also a miss. And 14. Why these have a sense of <laughs> Oh. Well, these are Strahd Wolves. There's something disturbingly oh. intelligent about them. Wait, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the concept of Strahd zombies. There are specific Strahd wolves. Apparently, too. there's Strahd everywhere. Well, uh, yeah. A couple things bear mentioning. It took way less than this for grown ass werewolves to run off. These wolves are not backing down for anything. Nothing in nature fights to the death the way these wolves are fighting to the death. I thought they were dumber. Just something to think they're about. So, so smart, they come right back around to being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Strahd is like supreme while they'll just put their brand on anything. <laughs> like random. If this podcast takes off, I absolutely want some fan art of Strahd dressed in supreme gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I should have been a path of the hype barbarian. You still can be. That's that's possible. I feel like at the next level up, you can just take some hype. And we're back to Vorkoro. Uh, I'm going for 10. 16 to hit at wolf 10. 16 hits. 7 damage. Piercing. 7 damage, and that wolf is down. 1 is dead, 2 is dead. Pebble. I'm gonna. Okay, first I'm gonna bonus action healing Ward Irina because I'm afraid if she gets hit, she's gonna die. So uh, she gets 7 HP, and then I am going to. Am I close enough? I'm gonna just burning hands. Is it 12? No, no, six, six, sorry. I'm gonna run over to six and just burning hands it. Okay. Uh, and that's 16 damage. Oh, wait, oh, it's a, a deck save, 13, sorry. Oh, it passes that deck save. Does it still take half? 
Yes, so eight damage to, to number six. Six wolves. We're past the point where I'm scared. I'm no longer scared of these wolves. I'm just irritated by them. Now. <laughs> like little flies were swatting. <laughs> uh, Basil. Basil, okay. Uh, once again, gonna boop this doggo on the snoot. <laughs> uh, that is a uh, dirty 20. That's gonna hit him for 10 thunder damage. Wow, okay, he's in bad shape. Okay, so now I can move through allies, right? Did we say that? Yes. Okay, so I, I wanna, I'm gonna move away from wolf 14. Attack of opportunity? Nope, because I am mobile. Oh. Right, 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 right. Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move through the crowd and get on the other side of arena, and so now my flashing gauntlet uh, means that that wolf attacks anyone other than me is at disadvantage. Nice. Excellent. Okay. Cork. I will attack wolf fourteen. Okay. Ooh, yes, nineteen to hit for. He's dead. He had one hit point left. <laughs> there we go. Boom. Love it. And then my next attack will be twenty to hit for seven damage on wolf 13. Okay, 13 has not taken any damage this battle, as a matter of fact, so now he's coming after you. Can I trade 13 real quick to be my steed? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Instead of that happening, but fair. he fights you for four damage and I need a strength saving throw. Is that a halved four or is it four? That's four total, so halved for two, yeah. <laughs> And my final strength check is a 21, Baba Booey. Irina, God bless her, is gonna move up. And whips. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Makoro, and the madness. 13, let's do this. 14 to hit. That hits. Six damage. Six damage, okay. Both these wolves only have six health points, right? Like, it's, we're, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna run up to that wolf. And I will cast Sacred Flame. So dex save 15. Critical fail. All right. Go, come on. All right, that's five damage. That is exactly enough. Hey! Wow. Okay, a was... couple things. First, I am just rolling the dice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We don't blame you. I'm rolling for I random encounters. I, I, I blame him a little bit. I'm rolling for random encounters. I love random encounters. I love that. I, I just want it to be known that at this moment, Borkoro is going to collect the three arrows that he shot into wolves. Isn't it just half rounded up, so two? Is that the rule? I think that is the rule, yeah. Why is that a rule? Why would I not be able to get all three? Arrows break. Some of them break. Bullshit. They, they break, That's they cool. get lost. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um. So couple things first up yeah so splitting up or like separating spreading out is a great way to justify using area effect spells also because wolves are pack animals they get crazy advantages when oh, they oh right uh, you're wondering why they i forgot so about the pack be, tactics if you're wondering why they so consistently were able to beat your armor class <laughs> so uh so. how we all feeling honestly i'm great i feel stronger as a person how long did that battle take him to do? Like ten minutes? Not even. In in real time, it was an absolute wolf slaughter. <laughs> like, like one round is like six seconds, right? It did take you guys a scary long time to build up some good momentum. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first round was a bust. They were kind of biting at us, and then we just hacked away at wolves in a blind rage for two minutes. <laughs> Th things were looking dicey there for a bit, for sure. 
Hey, D&D. Right. Nice. Right. nice. Let's, uh-huh. I guess let's keep fucking walking down this road. You follow the dirt road as it clings to the side of the mountain, ends before an arching bridge of mold-encrusted stone that spans a natural chasm. Gargoyles cloaked in black moss perch on the corners of the bridge, their frowns weather-worn. On the mountainous side of the bridge, a waterfall spills into a misty pool nearly a thousand feet below. The pool feeds a river that meanders into the fog-shrouded pines that blanket the valley. Is this the waterfall we were at the bottom of earlier? Yeah, we've walked a really long distance, or at least really high elevation. You've come a little more than seven miles so far today. Oh, go us. And the sun's not even up yet. Yeah. What a day. Is anyone else really unnerved by the gargoyles on the bridge? Or is it just me? I don't think I've been nerved since we got here. I haven't heard a lot of good things about bridge gargoyles. Right, right. Um, Who wants to go first? I'll do it. I don't really want to I mean, see you die. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're just, you know, what if they give us a riddle or something? What if it's like a troll would be situation? would change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm feeling optimistic All after right, so a brush with that, death. That feels far too whimsical for this kind Does of place. Does anybody know anything That's about gargoyles before we proceed? Just in case they're like real? I only remember a story from when I was a kid where during the day the gargoyles would be stone and then at night they would come alive. Oh, it's, all, it's, almost, it's almost like there are reasons that traveling at night is bad. Well, they're, they're not awakened. I, I don't know what you they're mean. just stone right now, but I'm just saying I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I slept through the class on gargoyles. Yeah, I mean, can I do a history check to see if there is anything I might know? I don't know if my character would know anything about gargoyles. Obviously, you're all sort of familiar with the idea of gargoyles as perfectly mundane. Perhaps, yeah, you've heard stories about gargoyles being magically animated, but I don't think that you would have any way of being able to determine whether a gargoyle was was enchanted or not until it becomes patently oh, obvious. Fuck. Why don't why don't we sh- okay. why don't we shoot it and see if it moves? What if we shoot? What if we shoot it and it make and we make it angry? Huh? What if we just toss a rock I'm, I'm onto walk the bridge? bridge. I'm just, I'm worried, but I'm I'm more worried that someone else is going to get hurt, so I'm just going to walk onto the bridge and take a risk. The bridge is slick with moisture, but it's sufficiently wide and is railed in a way where, yeah, you're not worried about falling off. Okay, I'm going to cross the bridge. Yeah, okay, congratulations, you're on the other side of a bridge. Oh, wow, <laughs> we really, we thought about that a little bit too much. Really overanalyzed. Basil's still wary of these gargoyles. He's like, he's like <laughs> I, I grab Basil by the gauntlet and drag him over the bridge. <laughs> oh, like, I'm still like, Never taking my eyes off the gargoyles. <laughs> you travel about another half mile. Even here in the mountains, the forest and the fog are inescapable. Ahead, the dirt road splits in two, widening toward the east. There you see patches of cobblestone suggesting that the eastern branch was once an important thoroughfare. I guess would the, the east would lead back to Barovia? Well, you've been sort of following the general logic that Barovia to the east, Velaki to the west. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I guess we have to go this way. Yeah, I guess we keep heading west. Yeah. All right. I don't. I don't like that. Well, like felt like a decision. That that felt like there was something that we could like somehow get wrong. You know, I think we've already gotten a lot of things wrong. So. <laughs> so you continue to walk through past what can't really be described as sunrise because no sun ever really appears. The overcast sky just becomes a slightly paler shade of gray. It is daytime in Barovia, but. 
the world beyond wouldn't see that as being a very important distinction. I, I don't I don't like what you're doing. I don't like it. <laughs> Ethically flipping pages. The old Svalich Road transitions here from being a winding path through the Balanok Mountains to a lazy trail that hugs the mountainside as it descends into a fog-filled valley. In the heart of the valley, you see a walled town near the shores of a great mountain lake, its waters dark and still. A branch in the road leads west to a promontory atop which is perched a dilapidated stone windmill, its warped wooden veins stripped bare. Ooh. We've heard about this. Windmill. What, did, what oh, did we hear yeah. about the windmill? Can someone remind me? Uh, don't go there under any circumstances. Who, who told us about the windmill? Who told us about it? The Vistana, a Vistana woman that we got the. She gave us food and told us not to. Um, she said. She said it's a place even the Vistani are afraid of. Do we want to trust them? If someone's saying stay away, it yeah, it doesn't make me want to go there. Volcoro, I say this with love. You are a volcano of bad advice today. <laughs> we are not going anywhere near that that windmill. I agreed to travel at night. I let you just walk out onto the bridge when I thought it was dangerous. I'm putting my foot down on this one. We are not going to the mill. <laughs> yeah. I think we we have we have a primary yeah. objective right now, which is get Arena to this town. I, I I don't think we detour. I agree. I agree. Let's go to the town. So bear in mind, again, you're up sort of on the, the precipice of a foothill of a much, much larger mountain looking down onto the town. It's still several miles away. Okay. Um, as you then start walking along the path as it dips down, you all notice Porcoro uh, trying to sneak off to the windmill. <laughs> I guess you either let him or you don't. Are you actually sneaking off to the windmill, Joe? The question is whether or not you let me or you don't. I let him. They, they, what, what do you mean? What do we let him sneak or not sneak? He, he, I guess, if we try to, oh, if we like grab him and hold, like tie him. To so us. wait, he, he, he's so he's trying to sneak off. Like, do we do we notice I would say him? This is the equivalent of like when a child is trying to hide and hide and seek, and you look and you just see them like crouching behind uh, a lamp. Come on, Volcoro. No, no. Come on with us. We have we have things to do. We can come back to the windmill. We're not that far. It's but there might be something really cool there. You don't know. I know. Yeah, but there's still really cool stuff in the town. Come on, bud. Well, girl, I, I thought we had a breakthrough before. I thought we had a moment. You know what's in towns? Fire. You know who likes fire? This guy. Come on. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go back with you. <laughs> okay. I'm just Joe. You know this is not. You know, Mario Brothers, you know, you can always I, go I, back I east know, I later. Know. Look, I'm just playing my character. Okay, that's fair. All right. So it takes you another two, three hours to work your way back down the slope of the foothill towards the town. The old Svalich Road meanders into a valley watched over by dark, brooding mountains to the north and south. The woods recede, revealing a sullen mountain burg surrounded by a wooden palisade. Thick fog presses up against this wall, as though looking for a way inside, hoping to catch the town to slumber. The dirt road ends at a set of sturdy iron gates, with a pair of shadowy figures standing behind them. Planted in the ground and flanking the road outside the gates are a half-dozen pikes, with wolves' heads impaled on them. And we will pick it up next time at the gates of Velaki. Woo! Alright! Ooh, we leveled up, we almost died. Classic, Just a, classic stuff. Another day in the campaign. Only had to stop Vokoro from actively killing himself like four I times. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you everyone for listening. Hope you've enjoyed these misadventures so far. If our behavior is any indication, you won't have to deal with us for very long. We're we're gonna bite it very soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> so as always, if you liked what you heard here, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Blood on the Dice. Also, please drop us a five star review wherever you're listening, so that other people can discover our unique brand of mayhem and anxiety. Uh, anyone else will have uh, anything they want to plug or anything they want to say to the nice people uh, before we go? Shout out to Pesto, one of the best sauces. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you said everything that could be said you know what else is there to plug but that's, that, that's true death and pesto yeah <laughs> death toe now it doesn't work it does not work thought it would it did not i gotta go <laughs> all right goodbye everyone <laughs> this, this has been fun <laughs> peace